Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Here on this Friday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, ABQ.FM, RockofTalk.com, 550-5500, right here in the Kiva, and we're on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, we got D-Dowd Muska already up there on screen, there's RockofTalk.chat side as well, don't forget, uh, you can podcast us on Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and why not download our apps for RockofTalk.tv, RockofTalk.com. .com. You have all of, uh, what, six days in order to go ahead and hear me as much as you want about the mayoral race, and then it's all over about the crying. Uh, $18,135, 116 donors, uh, actually 1,121 1, donors in all. Uh, thanks to each and every one of you who have donated to my campaign. Uh, we are experiencing a media blackout. I don't think that that will continue. Uh, I spoke directly to the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce. I suggested to them that the forum of which you're going to hold on 770 KQB is refusing to acknowledge the candidacy of a Republican. They're only acknowledging two Democrats. And I said, in order for me to participate, I talked to a man by the name of Scott. I said, you need to make sure, you need to make sure that uh, they're acknowledging three candidates, not two. I think that's very exciting. Thanks to the Republican Party, all the various wards this week. It's been a busy week. Thanks to those of you who are participating, showing up and getting out there. We have uh, 14 fundraisers in all. Uh, and hey, you can do the math with me if you like. That's uh, probably another 85 to 90 grand on top of the already uh, 18, 19 grand that we have there. Uh, plus all the phone calls that I'll make and all the various people I'll reach out to. It looks pretty good. As fast as we have uh, got the signatures to get on, uh, now in uh, 48 hours in, uh, we are probably looking at, uh, at, at a clip of at least uh, eight to $900 uh, minimum. I mean, if you think about this, a minimum an hour uh, that has uh, been coming in. And we really appreciate uh, the people who are jumping in. And I do mean every single one of you for putting your money where your mouth is. Now, we have a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we can certainly talk about more of the mayoral stuff, and uh, I will, until we can't do it any longer. But we want you to all take this time to, and all you have to do is text directly in. I can text you as much as you want if you want to know more about what I'm talking about. And then the only thing I can do at that point is having you call in and you can say whatever you want. You can say Eddie for mayor. You can say fight for 50. You can say whatever you want. And I can't comment on anything that you say. That's the way it works. Um, Pizzanelli is erroneous uh, in terms of me having to be off the air. I don't have to be off the air. and I don't have to accrue or account for any of the, the time that I give myself on the air. Uh, equal time will begin on September the 2nd. Not sure why anybody, especially my, my candidates who don't want to acknowledge me, other radio station and media who want to put me down, want to, don't want to acknowledge me, uh, would want to use that. But uh, in all fairness, uh, through FCC regulations, we will give people the equal time clause, and it doesn't have to be equal day part. So equal time, not equal day part. Um, best way to get a hold of me, directly on the cell, 550 5500 or go to fight4505.com. So housekeeping out of the way here on this uh, Friday afternoon. D-Down Muska, hour number one. How are you, sir? I am well. The Aragon boys are in the office today, and it's always a pleasure to see Mr. S and Mr. S. And um, 
One of them in particular asked me if I brought my uh, Milano cookies for them. I've been partying in Vegas the last couple of days, and I've overlooked the boys. I will not make that mistake again. Uh, uh, you'll get, uh, they can hold your feet uh, to the fire. <laughs> they are. And uh, I've got uh, two releases from the rockoftalk.chat site. Uh, so uh, three now, excuse me, August, uh, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday. All three of our shows are up there in order to get access to any and all information, including if you want to download the entirety of the podcast, you'll have to go ahead and do that yourself with all the notes uh, by going directly to rockoftalk.chat. I almost don't even know what to talk about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually dead serious in that. And uh, where is it that, you know, I join uh, here? But a visit the Republican uh, Party of Bernalillo County this morning. Frank Ruvalo had an interesting meeting, uh, as he oftentimes does. And I went through the items for the city for mayor. And a gentleman uh, reached out to me and said, hey, uh, James Koshmider, a study of the important written in 1990 from the University of Phoenix. Did you see what they did with ITT Tech today? No. They forgave all of the, um, they forgave all of the educational borrowings for the ITT Tech, which I thought was, mm. I, think, I think the University of Phoenix is about the same thing. Hmm, but says, the study of the importance of economic development factors affecting Tucson's economy as determined by business executives. I'm not sure if that's a report on what other people think or if this is an actual report, uh, given the last uh, few words that were there. I would be looking at this and say, you know, as, report, as determined by business executives. Now, I like I like a report like this on the face of it because it brings forth the, you know, opportunity to sort of, you know, delve into the details and nerd out on what is economically driving things. Now, I'm going to tell you a few things that absolutely get people's attention when I talk about commerce which I think is the most important thing out of anything. It's the removal of the Albuquerque Rapid Transit, period. Cost effective, I was just looking at one mile of road. Oh, trust me, I think it's more than cost effective to remove uh, the Albuquerque Rapid Transit. Then I got in today to a conversation with uh, Walt Arnold on commercial real estate development. Now, Tim Keller doesn't know the single thing about any uh, real estate development, nor does he know about economic development. Throwing money at something, is not economic development, folks. That's called subsidization. And it is unsustainable, which means that you can't buy a project and expect it to turn out any money for you. It's a sunk cost. So if we were to go ahead and take, for example, I'll give you an example. We had the Albuquerque Rapid Transit, and we knew that it cost $133 million, roughly. Right? Encapsulating all the other cost carryovers of any of that. And we backed out the amount of money and the number of passengers, which is on a steady decline of anywhere from, uh, I don't know, at least 5% per year over the last five years. Is that about right, Dow? Yeah. yeah. We've lost ridership. Transit is dying across the country. Albuquerque is no different. Yeah. Dying. So dying. Uh, people just moving from that uh, altogether. Then we made the comparison contrast uh, with, uh, hey, what is, is it actually more cost effective for me to take an Uber, even given current gas prices, to Santa Fe, or do I take the Rail Runner? We made the determination that that is also a sunk cost plus an annualized pop that we have to pay. And I think we have a call on the money to the tune of, what is it, 27, 28 million that's coming up in the next two years? Is that about uh, right? They refinanced that. So we don't have those balloon payments, but we, but it didn't, you know, we still have the long term debt over years and years. Okay. We're still so, paying off. so the pain is less currently, but it's the pain, pain is really spread out. And the, the idea that anybody's using the railroader at this time is foolish. Uh, it, here's what we need to look at. Let's just say that we get one and a half to two million 
dollars. One and a half to two million dollars. I don't know what it is about transportation, whether it's space, whether it's rail, whether it's bus. It's a loss leader every single time. We don't have to do the math here anymore at this point. We know that it is something that we'll never be able to get back. And we have to take the excess opportunity that exists for us, meaning that people aren't using, to go ahead and remove it just as quickly as possible. A, this is why it's important to elect an all-Republican city council. You have Dan Lewis, Lori Robertson, and Renee Grout, uh, who are all running for a city council. But B, you've got to get somebody who wants to remove the Albuquerque Rabbit Transit. That is never a Democrat, by the way, or even Democrat light. They believe in these mass public transit projects. If you were to take the stadium out and put the 70 million on top of the 130 million, in addition to the 200, listen to this, in addition to the 250 million over at Virgin Galactic, you'd be half a billion dollars in on just transportation costs alone. Where does the rail runner uh, come in at? About 50 some odd million uh, to put that up, I think. These are bad ideas. Every single person out there has, who has reached out to me and says, why is it that a mayoral candidate or people who make these promises or mayors always have these big projects that stink? You know, I couldn't think of one except the flyover. You might remember that the flyover that was created for, I think, Mayor Marty when is the first term. What did he run on, right? Wasn't it the bridge across the Rio Grande? Remember, he took that, I think he took a trip in an open convertible to cross it for the very first time. There's not a whole lot of people who use that flyover, by the way. That flyover is right through the middle of Rio Grande, right across Montano, and I don't even know to what to know what tune uh, that played in. <clears throat> we have to stop that. There should be no... No further public projects like that that are going to be a huge cost. At, at any, any time in the last 30 years, they're just not going to pay off. There was the $93 million flyover on Paseo, and I don't even know if that was actually sufficient because of all the incredible growth. And one of the reasons why you see the huge bottleneck that go to Rio Rancho uh, and the west side is because that's where all the residential growth is. Now, I can stop this. How do we stop it? Well, let me bring in the uh, other point. I was telling our little crowd this morning, retail follows rooftops. Retail follows rooftops. What's not getting built right now? Retail centers. Why? Huge vacancies, uncertainty in business. And it doesn't really line up, right? Because the rooftops aren't coming. There isn't more rooftops. And um, by the way, apartments do not count. Okay, that's a loss of money. You'll never be able to make that money back. Once that rent is gone, it is goners. Uh, apartments don't count. Can you flesh that out for me a little? I'm, I'm, uh, apartments don't count when you say. Because it's not someone who's, you know, two-thirds of the uh, properties uh, that are out there for residential sure. are residential. Okay. Oh, excuse me, uh, that people live in are residential. Okay. The other third is uh, apartment buildings. So just because you're rolling out apartment buildings, it doesn't mean you have permanent residence or investments okay. in the community. I see what you're saying. So when you talk about rooftops, you're talking about yep. actually physical homes. Uh, younger people, college kids, more mobile, not building, They're not, not building their stay. life there necessarily. Right, right, yeah. yeah. But someone who's, uh, who's, who has a home is the bricks and sticks into the ground that stay. So when there's a new development, uh, I think let's just say the most recent developments have been mostly on the uh, south uh, south 
West Side, where you saw the new retail center that came out about, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago with the, the Walmarts and the strip centers. Um, that's where all the new homes went. And now they're all going to, where's the bottlenecks? Las Lunas and Belen. So as you're heading out of town, everyone's driving out of town because that's the only place where there's new residential development. As you're heading out of town, you're going across the flyover, the $93 million flyover. You're heading towards the west side and you're heading towards Rio Rancho. The Northeast Heights is, by and large, pretty much custom homes. People buying single lots, well, finding a custom builder, build, 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 right? That's what you're mostly looking at. In the Southeast Heights, there's almost no new residential uh, developments except for the stuff that was uh, built about uh, five to ten years ago um, over off of uh, Eubank and uh, Juan to Bowen Central. That crosses over the other side. Okay, so in order for the city of Albuquerque to grow, You've got to do a couple of quick things, okay? You've got to change the culture of the planning department. These people have been entrenched in there for a very long time. They drag their feet. They don't have to approve, approve your you know, new building permit. And, and one of the first complaints that came to me, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday night, guy walked up to me and he said, you know, I own this piece of land. It's very valuable, but I can't use it because I can't get anything approved and no response. Plus, I can't sell it. So if you can't use it or can't sell it and you own a piece of land, it's pretty much worthless. <laughs> you can pay property taxes on it, I suppose. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a, it's a lost cause every single year. So you've got to change the culture of the planning department and get them into a pro-growth mode. What we've done is we've you know really constrained the city zonings, right? There's been a lot of infill. We're going to incentivize you to go, I forget what they called those spots right it's not hub zones but they were doing something about oh, enterprise zones yeah like 15 years ago not the federal stuff the local stuff where they were you know doing whatever they can uh to you know help help these places that that program never ever worked what does work is finding a good deal in a great place at a good price knowing that you can roll it out and having an idea that actually works and which is properly zoned for the city of albuquerque planning department needs to be helping the overall economic development by moving quicker, faster, and allowing more people to buy distressed properties. Those distressed properties, most recently up in Knob Hill, but the tenant mix, and that would be the actual businesses that are there, not good. You've got, I think, Mexican food restaurants, Chinese food restaurants, tattoo shops, <laughs> uh, piercing shops, and uh, breweries, okay? Not exactly the long-term investment that uh, investors are hoping to really kind of fill those spaces. You can gouge and gouge and gouge some of these guys, but uh, uh, trust me, you'll be chasing rent on a lot of these uh, types of tenants, especially with the art rolled up and down there. So big picture, thinking about economic development, and I do not want to talk about uh, the uh, phrase smart growth. Smart growth is quite possibly the worst pay, I don't know, pathway towards Agenda 2030 because you're starting to talk about well, green new building endeavors and that's more costly. I mean, at this point, we would just like to have anybody who would like to occupy new, new buildings, much less them being LEED certified or this certified or that certified. We would just like to put butts in the seats. Pretty hard to do when you're constantly pursuing smart growth, mm -hmm. okay? A war on mobility. That's what smart growth is, basically. Yeah, exactly what we've seen with the traffic the calming road diets. Oh, 
So one of the big things that I know a lot about from a commercial real estate development and knowing it from the contractor side is how to prioritize the commercial development department, but particularly rooftops first. Okay. We've had a influx of people coming in who are particularly older, who live in, um, uh, what is it? Age controlled communities, Hmm. right? I mean, that's helped Arizona. Those that's been most of our population growth, but what we've lost, is the income producing base and had the brain drain. Case in point, the University of New Mexico has dropped from 28,000 to 20,000 students. Those are rough numbers over the last five years. You think about that, it's like, well, where's where's all our workforce that we're quote, quote unquote developing? And here's what's really the failure of all this is you had a governor who instituted essentially free tuition, you might get a forced mask and forced vaccine as a part of it. But what happened with that? She actually lost. Even if the education was going to be free and you weren't going to have to pay for it, people people were picking up and leaving anyway. When it comes to economic development, the Democrats are an abysmal failure. This is something that I'm going to have to talk about all the time. We need new homes here and we're severely lacking in new homes built. Generation Z, which is out there, wants to own homes. That's what they're looking to do. And if we don't roll out new homes, we're not going to have any place for them to live. And no, they don't want to do a fixer-upper. They're not watching HGTV and going and uh, figuring out (laughs) ways to gentrify a a new neighborhood that has been neglected. That's not what they're looking for. Okay? They want to buy their own homes in their own neighborhoods, and they don't care how far they have to drive out. Case in point, Phoenix, Arizona. You know how far it – how long it takes to get from – a place called Queen Creek to Glendale to watch a football game. Queen Creek is one of the fastest growing cities in the entire country. Okay. It's disgustingly far from the Phoenix airport, about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. It's also where Bobby Newcomb and Brian Erlacher live. Yes, folks, that's where they live. That's the high school that they run, soon to be the state champions of Arizona State uh, high school football. No doubt about it. It's growing, full of Trumps, uh, full of Trumpers. You've got every single home builder that's out there. You've got uh, KB Homes. You've got Toll Brothers Homes. These homes sell for 1,500 square feet. You can pick them up for $450,000, and they think that's a deal Mm. with practically no yards. It's very incredible, but they're getting that type of dollar. Why? Because the money is cheap. We can't even get at one of those developers to look at the city of Albuquerque, despite, oh, we're going to bring 500 new jobs here, 1,000 new jobs here. Oh, Intel's coming back. We're going to bring these jobs here. You can't get anybody to roll out any new product. This is quite possibly the biggest economic crisis point. Because if we wanted to have, and these are all interchangeable, a Fortune 500 company relocate here, what are we going to tell them when we tell them that we, they can't even find a home, places to live, even, even temporarily? I'm going to have one hell of a job on my hands being mayor of Albuquerque trying to make that happen. The other part is small business spillover, and that has a lot to do with industrial development. I'm going to talk about that, and those are the big box buildings. Those are the ones where you see your contractors, the tenant mix that, that's in there, are lots of lots of small business types. You can look at the uh, NAIC codes and you can start to understand all of the various businesses that are in there. That's what we've got to focus on. 
I doubt many of those industrial developers or the industrial owners right now have had to upkeep their properties because you have 0% vacancy, which means there's no new places to go ahead and open up those shops. You know exactly how many people are talking about this? One. You know how many mayoral candidates will be talking about this and know enough about this? One. And that's me. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Donate to my campaign. All you have to do is go to fightfor505.com. That's fightfor505.com. More on this. We'll talk about more about uh, economic development. I'm very excited about it. Um, seems to be the easy stuff. And uh, a lot of the people this morning at my uh, talk had a good time listening, I think. Uh-huh. I very, very good uh, feedback. So that was very good. Do you think Tim Keller knows what a NAICS code is? No, he doesn't. Well, I mean, you know, we used to do that. We used to call through those numbers, and that's what I would do. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be nothing but SIC and NAICS, and, and uh, I would say, okay, well, which tenants are moving? Why are they moving? What's happening in their businesses? Right. And then you just measure that up against tenant lease expirations and uh, who bought and owned. And you could pull – It was we were a – in real estate, it was very cool um, because we were a disclosure state. New Mexico is a non-disclosure state. Meaning you don't know actually what the next door neighbor bought it uh, next door to you unless you knew a realtor who did the deal. Ah. So um, one of the things that I would absolutely fight for is to have full disclosure on people's homes and what they bought the house for. There's nothing wrong with having open price uh, disclosure. I mean, at this point, everybody has Zillow anyway. Right. right. And speed of transactions uh, actually increase. Uh, the more information that people have and more comfortable. Right because they now, figure out the comps, right? You look at the comps when you're... Well, it has to appraise. So one of the problems that happens is when you're trying to fund and there's a bank that's going in and now they're teetering and the money is now pulling in like Godzilla going into the ocean uh, across the sea, you're starting to look at this and say, oh, this feels kind of risky. I want these guys to get a conventional loan. I need 25% down. Plus, if it doesn't appraise at that, you've got to come on with another twenty-five, fifty, hundred thousand dollars to close the deal wow. because they don't feel secure about it, despite how cheap the money is, which is exactly the problem that's right now. I think there's probably and any realtor, if you want to go ahead and text me, I haven't even looked at my phone. If you want to text me the number of a you know, somebody called me long winded today, by the way. What do you think? Uh Eddie's on the air for two hours and forty five minutes a day talking about issues. That's kind of what he does. Uh I think Eddie's, I mean, if you want to talk to him about a specific point, uh, Eddie's kind of a direct to the point guy. I, I wouldn't, uh, no, I would say Eddie is a professional talker, but that doesn't make you long winded. Um, Eddie's a busy guy. He doesn't have time for a lot of frou frou. Uh, I thought that does, was interesting that someone would say providing that much uh, information that just tells me that someone can't keep up with what, all the things that yeah. we're talking about. Well, if you're knowledgeable about a subject, someone who's ignorant might perceive you to be long winded. There you right. go. I think yeah. that might be the better way to go. Yeah. So, anyway, if you're a realtor, and you want to tell me the number of uh, properties that are on the market and, uh, you know, where we currently are at in the market. Love to hear from you uh, as well and address this crisis uh, here in our city because it is one of the largest crises uh, here in the Southwest. People are moving from other places. And I made the very important point of how many people have moved from California or Seattle or all these various other places. They've all decided to go ahead and come here, soak up the excess properties that are out there, right? And they said, okay, well, if you are working here and your employees are working here, right, why isn't that you don't move your HQ or your regional HQ here to the city of Albuquerque? Well, well, you can't. Why can't you? Well, it's quite obvious. There's no rooftops. We have no vacancies, and it's an inability to go ahead 
and buy new homes is essentially zero. Five fifty fifty five hundred. Let's go to Rudy Grande very quickly. Let's put things together, starting with the weather. As I look to the west side, it looks like we might get some rain there. And also north of town, right now, 95 degrees at the Rock of Talk. And, uh, boy, is it slow in the South Valley. Track to track on uh, Rio Bravo, westbound. So basically Broadway to 2nd Street, under 5 miles an hour. Just a lot of folks heading in the same, di- the same direction. Same story on Paseo del Norte, the uh, westbound trip from Wyoming to San, uh, San Pedro, actually, is going to be stop and go pretty much that whole way. Of course, you get beyond that getting to I-25. It's not too much of a struggle. And I-25 southbound, that's starting to improve as you make your way towards downtown. Well, we are at Monty's Cigar Shop, home of the Gurkha Cigar Club. Those guys are having a blast up there. And you also have pipe and tobacco here at Monty's. Some of those pipes are just gorgeous. You know, the ones that will go down and out, and then the ones that go straight up. I mean, this is great. you got to come see them. Monty Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just west, I'm sorry, just north of Comanche. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. All right, good job, Rudy. 431 here in the Kiva. Back after a quick break. I'd uh, love to hear from any realtors here on this uh, Friday. You know, the next two weeks are going to be a little slow, folks. But the day after Memorial Day, or Labor Day, I'm telling you, it'll take off as well as the political landscape like at no other time. 431, back and forth. Thanks for listening. boutique residential assisted living community in the historic Albuquerque Country Club neighborhood. Dedicated to exceptional care for your loved one, Sugar Hollow provides daily wellness activities that engage the mind, body, and spirit. Join us for Happy Hour Fridays, Sugar Hollow style, featuring local musicians playing tunes your loved ones will recognize and enjoy. Visit Sugar Hollow by calling 270-0801. Boutique style assisted living, 270-0801. Music is the great communicator on MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. 
Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Lining. Albuquerque-based Pluma Construction Systems provides a full suite of commercial construction services and residential remodeling. Pluma Construction is a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. Former President Ronald Reagan said, To grasp and hold a vision, that is the very essence of successful leadership. Leaders set a destination. Leaders have a vision. They communicate that vision. They are passionate about their vision. They make sure everyone in their organization understands the vision. Their vision attracts and affects every employee in the workplace. Do you know your destination? Does your team know your destination? President Reagan also said, The challenge of statesmanship is to have the vision to dream of a better, safer world and the courage, persistence, and patience to turn that dream into reality. What is the vision for your company? This Leadership Minute was brought to you by Pluma Construction Systems. To discuss your construction project, call 505-345-0755 or visit plucys.com. Pepu Gun Wild, located in Rio Rancho, pampering your pets with a full-service dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time, cats too. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, ready to solve pets' anxiety from summer thunderstorms. Come into Pet Food Gone Wild for calming treats, 10% off, pets.theplaceilike.com. Get your mobile coupon and tap to call Pet Food Gone Wild at pets.theplaceilike.com. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. All right, as we put things together, we start with the weather looking like uh, maybe some rain today, definitely some heat, 95 at the Rock of Talk. And, uh, gosh, you're giving the brakes to work out if you're on Rio Bravo in the South Valley. Tracks to tracks, it's going to be under 10 miles an hour for you. Get beyond that. It looks fairly okay through the construction zone at Coors. Also, you're going to find a very slow trip has developed on Coors Boulevard. Actually, that is, yeah, that is Coors Boulevard, not the bypass. Coors Boulevard, southbound La Ria to Montano. It is under 10 miles an hour there. Other than that, the freeways are still looking pretty good across the River Bridge right at the moment. 
Hey, listen, we're at Monty's Cigar Shop. You want to tell me which one I should get? Should I do the Oyo del Monterrey or should I do the uh, Cohiba? Hey, you got to come see it all. It's in the uh, humidor, the largest one in the southwest. I'm here at Monty's Cigar Shop. Come on by, say hi. We're on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. And now we're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. want things to get better, I promise you I will make them. I'll make it all better. I'll make it all better just for you. I love Paul McCartney. I, mean, I feel like we're a band on the run. Our, our little crew out there, all your texts uh, coming in. feel like you're part of uh, my crew as well. Love having you guys on board. Remember, it's the five C's. We're going from failure to first. And uh, those five C's are it's city, COVID. That's an issue, right? COVID. I saw Manny Gonzalez. I took a picture of him. Uh, and he's wearing his mask. I, oh. I have yet to put on my mask anywhere, right? He's like sitting in there in the court. Well, like, I went into the apartment the office this morning have, without, without yeah. a mask on, and I said, Can I have uh, my not money, please? Can you give <laughs> oh. me the money so I can run my campaign, please? Give me free money. I 600 money. grand. I'd like to have some money. The hearing was this morning, and uh, nobody reported on it. And literally, they've been doing media blackout. Trust me, uh, KKOB is going to be raising money. KOB 713, they're all going to be just doing everything to help him raise money. I'm the Republican. I'm in the race. And uh, Manny should drop out. Manny, if you're listening, seriously, uh, you should drop out of the race. I've already raised uh, nearly $20,000 in 48 hours, which is more than, was almost as much seed money as you've had. That's true. And I haven't even made a phone call yet. True. Bro. I mean, seriously. You can keep your job. You have uh, the sheriff's job for another year. It, this has been an embarrassment for you. I mean, seriously. It, it stood up against, uh, what, three judges, four judges? Shut up about it. Can you imagine the, the level of whining? Oh, I got to have that free money. I got to have that tax money. We need a taxpayer-funded election. I mean, what are you going to do after that? And then you got to go and fundraise in an environment where I'm coming in, and I don't need that much money because I'm going to use my radio station. I can guarantee you, Tim Keller won't even return a phone call of mine uh, when I when he first got like this. Said, "Hey, you know what? You want to do a mayoral thing? Let's uh, hear what you have to do." So the ethics board rules against Gonzalez, Dyer, Salazar, and the journal staff writers all jumped in. It's just in. City of Albuquerque Board of Ethics and Campaign, by the way, from the Albuquerque Journal. 
But should I should I keep pushing forward for my partners at the Albuquerque <laughs> Journal? Our media partners. <laughs> We're all partners. We all live here. I mean, this is the biggest small town you've ever seen. Everybody knows everybody, right? Where does Eddie live? We're going to show pictures of his kids. Well, they're in the other room. You want you want to talk about that? <laughs> uh, City of Albuquerque Board of Ethics and Campaign Practices dealt another blow. I mean, serious, like loss after loss after loss. I mean... It's like taking him in the back alley and just taking it to him. This is no good. I mean, salvage what's left of your dignity here and just say, you know, we'll save it for another day. This ain't our race. We're going to jump behind Eddie. He's a Republican. You got the Democrat in there. Let's go mano a mano and, uh, you know, we'll we'll take Keller on. I think that's the direction this needs to go in now. Okay. That's $661,000. See ya. All right. That was your campaign strategy was 68 days was the, you know, hope and a prayer to get that, get all these Republicans who donated to the managed finance committee or whatever it's called. Is McCleskey still involved with managers? No, he's no. fleeing the ship. He's like, McCleskey's like, I don't smell any money. <laughs> I, I'm out. <laughs> I thought there was some here. Oh, it sure didn't. The lights will hit the lows and we'll hit the heights. Oh, what heights will hit on with the show. This is it. Oh, my God. You and I doing show tunes. Not good. That's That's Looney Tunes, not show tunes. Well, whatever. (laughs) All the same to me. City of Albuquerque Board of Ethics and Campaign Practices dealt another blow to Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez III on Friday, ruling he violated campaign rules in his quest to tap into more than $600,000 in public financing for his mayoral bid. And at this point, is there going to be criminal charges? I mean, if you go this many times... Right? You know where there's smoke, there's fire, I guess. The board fined Gonzalez $500 in its unanimous ruling. They're like, please, just stop coming here. Give us $500. Do not pass go. Hopefully you'll hit the free parking. In its unanimous ruling, which stems from a case to which Gonzalez is alleged to have told a voter that he would cover the $5 contribution the voter was supposed to have made to show support for Gonzalez's mayoral right. Oh. City election law require mayoral candidates to submit $5 qualifying contributions from 1% of the registered city voters qualify for public funding. Keller's re-election campaign filed a complaint against Gonzalez, was quick to comment on the ruling, saying that ethics board was right to unanimously rule against him. Manny Gonzalez, uh, by the way, if the, uh, you know, these guys wanted to go ahead and, anyway, I'm not going to say anything, because probably these guys will file something else. I've never seen so many filings. (laughs) the Al City of Albuquerque is in its worst crisis in the history that it's ever been in. And, you know, you've got two guys who are throwing dirty on each other, both Democrats fighting for public money. Fighting for public money. Penny Gonzalez, a law enforcement officer and a mayoral candidate who took the oath to uphold the law, Keller campaign manager Neri Holguin, Holguin told the journal. Uh, in this case, it was not a staffer or a volunteer who broke the law, but Andy Gonzalez himself, who broke the law personally, ordered to receive hundreds of thousands of dollars, taxpayer money, blah, 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 can, did not immediately respond. Keller campaign alleged, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this. Seriously, it didn't come, that's it. It's over. There's nothing else to say. I'm sitting here talking about economic development, what we can do to move the city forward. Tim Keller is jumping out, uh, throwing footballs with the gladiators and uh, trying to get every fee uh, photo op that's out there. You know, all I care about is making the city a better place because we had two guys. One of the reasons I jumped in is like, A, there's not a Republican. You got two guys, B, who don't want to do anything for the city, but go after each other. (laughs) And your wallet. I guess. 
Can we get, can we get back to the program? I mean, I couldn't even get through that article because it was too much. I mean, people are just aren't people. Are like, oh, it's another day in Albuquerque. Get people hating on each other. What a what a great what a great day here. See what you guys have to say. Five fifty fifty five hundred. Out of boy Eddie, get in there. Ooh, another image. Ooh, we got a new beer over at uh, Kilt Check Brewery. Ooh, yeah, I guess in honor of us, it is uh, Red Alert beer. <laughs> I like that. Uh, leave Manny B. Let him split the Democrat vote. I guess. I guess. Honestly, I think mano mano, we can uh, we can beat him. I mean uh, Tim Keller. So I, I don't think that Eddie. Where can we mail a check to your campaign fund? And there, look at this. Just uh, copy, and I do this. Anybody who wants to text me right now, 550-5500, I will send you a text, and then you just click one of those links, and it'll tell you everything. Oh, wow, now, Eddie, I have two poems on homelessness, one on corruption and one on COVID. Okay, let's do those, Stephanie. We got two in this week. Do you mind if we do one on Monday? Is that okay? Just let me know to call or not. Yeah, not today, sweetheart. Uh, Let's see. Eddie? Replace art with at least two more parking garages. Build broad pedestrian-friendly sidewalks with bike racks and planters. Outlaw vagrancy. See, I got to tell you, more and more people have been coming to me. They said you got to outlaw vagrancy. Exactly what you're talking about, Eddie. But you got to be willing to say the harder thing. Yes. And um, anyway, I'm going to kind of help myself with uh, some coaching on that. In my view, your wind is always a perfect length. Oh, being long-winded. Okay. I was okay. Like, what? <laughs> Hello. They went over our heads for a second. <laughs> it's a Friday. <laughs> I've, I've talked so much this week, and it does. I, I'm ready to talk some more. Hey, I, I'm for hire. Remember, I'll turn my to your table, and I'll make dog balloons. Anywhere, disclosure state on residential, non-disclosure on commercial and vacant land. Thanks. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. That is absolutely awesome. Thank you. I, I didn't know what I was talking about on that, or I, I, I didn't think we were disclosure. I think, the, I think the MLS is disclosure. So you have to contact a realtor, but I don't think you can look it up on public record. Okay, okay. I think. Okay. So correct me if on, on that. I would love to know what the real estate license. Uh, Eddie, come here to help us count murders and carjacking. I don't want to read the rest of this stuff. Did you say mass rapid? Tra- oh my God, this guy—he's just Mr. Joker. I, when I uh, uh, Trump times one, two, and three, I'm getting more texts to raise money. Eddie, need mail address to send donation. Who can I make the check out to? Can't find this info on your website. Yeah, yes, you can. It's on there, uh, on there, and then we'll go donate. Now, did you have some write-ups here while we're getting through these next uh, six days? Uh, I was partying in Vegas this week, and I did not write anything. Okay, good. But I have some very I interesting... I want to say I'm very happy about that. Can I tell you <laughs> that that's... Is that, was that hard to do because you're such a creature yeah, of habit? Yeah, it is. It I mean, normally tough. you're bolting out of here. Like, I, I'm on I'm on deadline. Yeah, i got to get uh-huh. my stuff out. You know, uh, Dowd was in here. Uh, when I'm in trouble with Dowd, he always tells me, can we meet for 15 minutes before the show? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a good thing? You're the only, boss, never you're the only boss I have, by the way. <laughs> no, I uh, got some really interesting. Uh, Monday's piece is actually going to be looking at the amount of money, Eddie, that is appalling that we have squandered on 
substance abuse treatment at a time when alcohol and drug abuse is going through the roof in New Mexico. There's no accountability. Legislators will not stand up for the taxpayers. And the Legislative Finance Committee itself issued a report yesterday documenting just how bad the situation is here. Mm. There it is. Meanwhile, we're subsidizing soccer teams and uh, spaceports that don't launch. We are event. not subsidizing soccer teams. And you, the That's voter, That's is true. not going Only to 4 let, million that, so far. <laughs> let that happen. You are not going to That's let that happen. That's one vote. I will definitely be voting on that issue big time. I just heard uh, the other station making fun of ivermectin and pushing the jab. Yeah, they're calling it horse, oh. horse medicine. I've heard, yeah, more and more they're saying that. How about you consult with your doctor and in his professional judgment, you reach an agreement on what the course of treatment should be. And uh, we don't let people from MSNBC decide. But uh, medicine, you know, traditional medicine. They let Sir Han, Sir Han loose. Did you know that? Oh, they gave him parole. Today, Ooh. he served 53 years in jail. Two of Kennedy's surviving sons, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Douglas Kennedy, offered their support for parole during Sir Han's 16th appearance before the parole board. He did it, 16th attempt. Wow. Can you believe this? Absolutely insane. Straight up murder, that was. Yeah, straight up. Uh, let's check out weather and traffic. <laughs> All right, let's uh, put things together, starting with the weather. Um, maybe 50-50 chance of rain this afternoon, and that will be mainly in Rio Rancho and north of town. Right now, 94 degrees at the Rock of Talk. Uh, if you're going to be on 98th Street coming off of I-40 and heading southbound, wall-to-wall traffic all the way to central, which means you're going to be under 10 miles an hour. So you say, I know, I'll try Unser. Well, that's pretty tight as well, southbound Unser from, uh, looks like Blue Water Road. That's where that's going to start to slow down. Again, under 10 miles over to Central. As far as Coors Boulevard itself, you're going to find, again, still very slow, under 10 miles an hour from La Ria to Montano. And looks like the freeway is still looking okay, crossing the River Bridge. All right, we're at Monte Cigar Shop. Somebody came in and said, no, Rudy, how about the Macanudo? Maybe. That's not a bad idea. Lots of great cigars in the humidor. You ought to come by and see them. Monte Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. We're up to date. Let's step back into the Rock of Top. All right, good job, Rudy. Appreciate uh, it very much. And uh, got uh, more text. I'm going to get this uh, out to every single person. What's everybody doing this weekend? Uh, when's the last time I've asked that question? <laughs> yeah, as much as I've talked this week. What is she right? doing? Better better. I never know what she's doing in there. Uh, yeah. Um, next week, uh, I'm not sure if uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham is going to try and close down parks. And every, like People are going to try to head out of town for the very last time uh, before you go crash in on the Labor Days. Are people really going to go ahead and agree to whatever she she suggests to do to them? I, I, I don't think so. Okay. There we go. All right. Okay, so very quickly, let me uh, rifle through a couple of these things that was given to me earlier, and that's what started me on all this stuff. And I was reading it over the break, and it was just talking about all the various things that are very important for building the city. <clears throat> when people are looking at um, and then you can see it. So a guy by the name of James Poshmeyer, uh, uh gave this to someone and told me, I was like, James, I, Jim, I don't know why you didn't give it to me directly. So just think about these things, okay? Now, we're, this is absent of a COVID-positive world. This is absent of a um, crime-ridden world. We're just talking about this is the stuff that cities get together to talk about to grow a city, Okay. Not I'm going to come in and change our approach to the two biggest problems that shouldn't be a problem in the first place. Like you should expect that crime is going to get solved, that the crime is going to get reduced. Like it shouldn't even be like something that you are thinking about. Like I go home, I'm 
safe in my neighborhood. I know my neighbors. Da 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 da. da. You don't think about those types of things because the government is just supposed to provide those services, right? Police officers, fire and rescue, uh, making sure that the the city is solvent. Just should uh, be in the background, like uh, blue yeah. skies and uh, you know uh, clean streets, and it just shouldn't even be something you think about. Yeah, trash pickup. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a huge deal, right? I mean, the trash. What was happening in New York in the 1970s? They couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't figure out what was happening. But for city manager Aragon, I will be taking over the transit uh, tra- the tra- the uh, uh, solid waste department, and I will be transitioning it to a private sector option. That's going to be my job in the Aragon administration. And by the way, uh, Pete Tonelli was giving me a lot of ideas. He said that I was going to do away with the uh, city of Albuquerque's equity and something or other. Oh. I'm like, I hope you do. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a pretty good idea. Office of Equity and Inclusion. Yes. Is that what it yes. is? Two open jobs right now. Last time I looked. Yeah. yeah. Office. Of, have you looked at? I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna evaluate everything. Okay, remember, I'm not gonna clean house. So here's how you a city gets rated. So if a Fortune 500 company wants to look, uh, or home builders want to look, or you know, industrial developers want to look. This is what they look at. And they say, okay, well, here's a scorecard. How well did it do? Uh, well, is it going to allow us to go ahead and build, bring, or do whatever we need to do to, to bring this stuff in? Uh, Mario, you're going to have to call back. Sorry, I haven't forwarded my phone. So availability of skilled and unskilled labor. Let's give, let's give ourselves A through F in terms of where we are right now. I would say an availability of skilled and unskilled labor. We're like an A. Because there's so many people who aren't at work. Potential, yes. yes. I mean, if you're really trying to be honest, available, yes. they're out there. Yes. We got to motivate them. We have a surplus motivate them. of potential labor. <clears throat> Salary and wage rates. Comparatively speaking, because they're not driven by the private sector, I'd say they're probably a little less than average. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. This is why people pick up and go to other places. The wage rates, I mean, you want to kind of put a, a simple result, uh, increase the minimum wage? No. No, 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 never. <clears throat> Support from local citizens. It's questionable. I always question the person that's telling me about how much better things are, uh, you know, the grass is greener mm. in our surrounding states. You know, like, no, I'm, I'm support of local citizens. I'd say it's about a C minus right now. So many people from other places working for the labs or in the military. Yeah. It's, you know, it's tough. And we want to claim those people as locals. Anybody who comes here. We almost just want to fasten their butts right to the ground and say, don't ever leave us. We need you here, please. <laughs> Keep the money coming in. Keep. We don't want to turn into Toledo. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Toledo Rust Belt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like all those places that have the industrial well, centers in the 30s, 40s, and the 50s. Yep. I'm going to mow right through the top of the hour news because uh, I know about that. <clears throat> Adequacy of police and fire protection. Well, that's two questions. On police, it, that's about a D minus. Adequacy of fire protection, I'd say that's probably a B. Yep. As long as we don't have someone uh, lighting dumpster fires all day long, I think uh, it could do a lot better. I'm going to go through these. This is nice. It's a nice little checklist here. Nice little checklist. Ample space for future expansion. I could look at east, a west, a north, a south. There is infill. There is availability everywhere. Tell the city of Albuquerque planning department to move the you-know-what out of the way. All right. Support from business groups and agencies. That's questionable, right? I think uh, business groups and uh, a lot of these uh, chamber of commerce types, by and large, 
you know, you got to be a member. Like I, I, I had a question today from Scott at the Chamber of Commerce. And he was very well spoken. I appreciated him, but you know, I was being very forthright with him. And they said, "Well, what's, this is going to take place at Sandia Casino." I'm like, "Oh, God! Wait, this is the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce, and you want to go ahead and have it at the <laughs> Sandia Casino?" I said, "We could go to <laughs> we could go to the city of Albuquerque's uh, Jim Long's property, the Hotel Albuquerque. We can go to the Hyatt Regency there. We can go to Hotel Chaco." Um, I don't know. We can go someplace just in the city limits. How about, how's that for starters? We're, we're talking about the city of Albuquerque. I mean, Esleta and Sandia, they're like foreign countries. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, just based upon that alone, that alone, they will support Tim Keller in, uh, Manny Gonzalez. I don't care. I don't take any casino money on the radio station. Have you ever heard a casino commercial on my station? No. Not one time ever. No. We don't think gambling's a problem here. It's a huge problem. So in terms of support from business groups and agencies, uh, I'd, I'd give up that about a, a D plus, a D plus. I think these chamber of commerce groups have to sort of repatriate, especially when you have like what, 20% maybe occupancy in the convention, maybe it was 0% in all in the convention center all last year with all the masking and everything. That'd be something to look into. Do you mind looking at that? Dad? Yeah. That no is problem. not, that is not, that's just general interest. That is non campaign related. Yes. I know that the, I think it's either the state or the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce is all in on masking. They want they want companies to demand masking. They want incentives for masking their their or va- vaccine. I'm sorry, vaccine. So what about Sandia Casino? They were they're like, well, we're going to support Sandia Casino, and what did they do with all of their employees? They fired them all if they decided that they didn't want to get vaxxed. Hmm. Right? They're the first places to do that. Oh, they're so good. The jobs are plentiful. My gosh, they employ so many people. They contribute so much to economic development. No, we just let's let's fill up our own convention center. Let's fill up our city. Let's do things within the city limits. You guys like to walk. And last time I last time I checked, you can't walk to Sandia or Sleta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I correct myself. The New Mexico, not the state, not mm. the local. The New Mexico Chamber of Commerce is enlisting local businesses to get their employees vaccinated. Oh. They're launching a COVID stops here campaign. Uh, businesses can register with the chamber when their vaccination rate reaches at least 70%. They will then receive a media kit to help promote their designation as a safe workplace. There we go, safe workplace. What did we hear uh, from Alex Berenson on this radio network this morning in the UK and in Israel? The majority of deaths now are from vaccinated people. Well, did you see uh, Clay and Buck? You know, I got accosted by a woman last night. She was adamant that she wasn't going to vote for me based on the fact that I'm not vaxxed. And she said, I'm an influencer and I should not be sharing my story uh, to influence other people about oh. not getting the vaccination. I said, I'm sharing my story. I believe it's a choice. If you get vaxxed, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't force me to get vaxxed. I said, and I was giving her the science. I told her it was three and a half to four years. We only have captured 30 to 40 parts of the COVID, not 30,000 to 40,000. They streamlined the approval process, whatever that means. I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm saying streamlined. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, yeah. yeah, just approve it. Just give it the red rubber stamp so we can tell everybody to do it so that they can't deny it any longer. I mean, this is a, if you look at other countries, I mean, look at places like uh, what uh, Japan, what were they, 21% vaxxed, I yeah. believe. There was no mandate there. There wasn't mandates in a number of other countries. Uh, New Zealand was like 23%. Here, we're not happy unless it's going to be every single person because of the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, what Berenson said on Clay and Buck today we blew, blew my mind, Eddie, because he, he was actually making the, he was making this explicit, but he was saying this is potential for we need to explore this more. 
a paper just came out of Japan okay. arguing that the virus is mutating in order to evade the vaccine. Now, of course, the virus isn't consciously doing this in, in the way that a person would consciously do it, but that's just the sort of natural outgrowth of this. The vaccines, according to Alex in this paper, are too focused on the spike protein element. That is only, quote, one part of the virus, close quote. Our natural immunity attacks the virus in whole, in toto. Uh, and apparently the vaccine is changing how the spike protein looks. And vax, his quote from Alex Berenson was, quote, vaccines may be driving some of these variants that are popping up. We may be doing the exact opposite. I mean, we could say something doesn't work. That's one thing. But he, there's an argument now, potentially, that not, not just that we're doing it's counterproductive. It's making things absolutely worse. He says the Israeli data and the uh, UK data, both country, uh, countries are where vast majority of people are fully vaccinated. Uh, the overall numbers in the UK, 10 times as many more people have died from COVID in August 2021 than died in August uh, 2020. This is a country with a huge uh, vaccination rate. He says that, he also said that the all-cause mortality, that is people dying of every reason, is higher than it was in August of 2020. And he says, I'm not at, I'm not at the point where I'm going to meet Alex Berenson saying that the vaccine is killing people, but it's interesting that the all-cause mortality is even worse, which means maybe some other things are going on here. We also have the deaths of despair, the drinking, the loneliness, the suicide, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, he basically was suggesting that we're going to become we're maybe a month or two behind Israel and um, the UK, and we may be on our way to having half and half of our deaths, our COVID deaths from vaccinated and unvaccinated. The virus people does what it wants. We've only eliminated one virus in all of human history, smallpox that took 200 years to eliminate that virus. Uh, it is nonsensical. Every day that passes, we learn more about how ineffective this COVID zero goal is. It's something we're going to have to live with. Watch your health. Natural immunity is the best. More and more studies are proving that natural immunity is the way to fight this thing. And just don't believe anything MLG and Fauci tell you because they are clueless. All right. I'm getting some, uh, uh, by the way, doubt on that. Can you look into a little bit deeper mm -hmm. of how the vaccination rates uh, in the uh, proportion to the number of infections. Mm -hmm. Are we vaxing and then uh, are we sort of faxing our way to death? Are we, yeah. is, that, is, that the, is, that, is that the proper phrasing for that? <laughs> it's a good I mean, question. That's so strange, right? Yeah. Or, or at least vaxing our way to being thicker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a text from Donna. She said, You're wrong. Manny got his money. I'm like, Okay. It wouldn't matter if he, if he did or if he didn't. So based upon that, that just came through. I'll uh, check out weather and traffic during the five o'clock hour. Let's go. All right, let's put things together as we start the second hour. Uh, chance of rain looks like it's possibly 40% this afternoon. And it looks like on the west side, you may get that, actually. And right now, it's 89 degrees in Rio Rancho, 91 at the Rock of Talk, cooling off just a bit. But I will tell you, the roads are just still pretty tough. If you're going to be on Rio Bravo in the South Valley, I wish I could tell you that there was a reason for it other than construction. Uh, it is just very, very heavy right now, westbound, track to track, so basically Broadway to second, but beyond that, looks okay, busy, but still okay on your way over to Coors Road. If you're on 98th Street, for some reason, that is still running, so I think that's construction as well, uh, southbound between I-40 and uh, Central, just under 10 miles an hour there. 
and looks like they're doing some road construction on uh, Louisiana. This is going to be kind of right there by Winrock and ABQ Uptown. Uh, what it is is it's construction in the right two lanes. If you're northbound on Louisiana, the right two lanes are closed between Indian School and Manal. Hey, listen, we're at Monty Cigar Shop and Pipe and Tobacco. The Pipe and Tobacco is really pretty cool. Lots of different uh, tobacco, uh, whether you like it stout or whether you want a softer one. But look at those pipes. Just a great selection of those. Some really good accessories as well. Monty Cigar Shop is a place to be this afternoon between, I'm sorry, San San Mateo, just north of Comanche. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. 550-5500 here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. D-Dot Muska hanging out with I, myself, uh, me, myself and I here in the Kiva. We'll go through all the... Eddie Aragon just admitted on, on, on camera that he's schizophrenic, <laughs> that he has multiple personality disorder. News on KOB at 10 out of 10. Just me, myself, and I. If you can actually name the group who uh, sang oh. that. Yeah. It's just me, myself, and I. Come on. Come on. Oh, it's it's one of those. Oh. Anyway, oh. we'll let you go. Okay. I'm All gonna, right. Uh, we're going to uh, t- touch more on this uh, economic development stuff. Uh, yeah, and you're recovering. This is, uh, this is about <laughs> the first time and you know, sometime you haven't had a full week. All right. Let's, let's get on more of this stuff. Uh, still sort of uncovering some, some late news that's coming up. So we'll see if that's real or where it's at. Uh, okay, support from local government officials. Wow. I would say, depending upon which side of the political coin that you are, mm. that could be an A or an F. Right? Oh, sure. I mean, from the A side, it's just like if you're a government funded, you have the right, you know, politics, all that. If kind you got of your stuff. hand out, they're there for you. There you are. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. You're registered with the right party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Democrats. Uh, state and local labor laws. Oh, geez. Oh, my. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. F? <laughs> Is there a possibility of making a bigger F for local economic development? State and local labor labor laws here? I mean, a it fair is... Fair work week, minimum wage, oh no gosh. right to work. Oh, it's, it's a paradise here. Yeah. Paradise for who? <laughs> you don't have to do anything. It's not the customer is always right. It's like... The employee right. is always right. <laughs> the union boss is always right. <laughs> Whatever the union says. Here we go. Uh, here we go with uh, climate. Oh, that's an A+. Plus. You got the best climate. Best, for best in the continent. Yeah. Serious. Like, what could be a better place weather-wise? Please. The sun. Huge like, reason why I live here. Don't you always like feel like when you're driving through Albuquerque, it's like, Never, almost never a bad day. And if it's if it's a weather event, it's like cool. Oh yeah, it's like amazing. Oh, like yeah. oh my gosh, like those clouds and the lightning last night. <laughs> well, a week ago we were walking out of Wex with my sister and brother-in-law who live in Scotland, where it rains only you know eighty-nine percent of the time. And my sister was just saying, "Oh, look at that blue." I said, "I so boring here, you know, a beautiful day <laughs> yeah. after after another after." It's not just and it's not just that. It's also the mountains. Oh, of course. Right, and the travel, and the wide open space. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we have mental health here. Good question. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh I think that's definitely good. Uh cost of pseudo land, too damn high. Uh the rent is too damn high party uh, <laughs> uh says it gives that an absolute F. Cost of suitable land F. Cost of construction. I would probably say we'd be a D, uh given 
that we don't have ample access to good construction. Union, uh, union power too. Yep. I mean, you know, Nothing moves thing. off this here dock without the union say so. That's not capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, wow. Here we are again. Quality of K through 12th grade school says, like, what, what category here can't we improve? We can improve each and every one of these categories. <sighs> K through 12 grade school system, given what we've had here. Abysmal. Abysmal. Uh, availability of managerial personnel. I don't know. With the PhDs and everything, would you call those managerial? Oh. I don't even know if that's a category anymore. Given automation, sure, sure. Technocracy. I think we'll skip it. We'll skip it. cost of utilities. Uh, we're middle of the road, but uh, and going up. We are a monopoly, so that is a, that's an issue. No competition and green new deal mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Only going to get worse. Only. Subsidized for the next twenty five years to hopefully pay for your children's 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 energy, which they hope not to be paying. But at that time, uh, they'll be slaves to the state of the United States if persists the way they are. It's not going to matter anyhow. Uh, available technical personnel. I'd give a solid B on that. We got a lot of technical people. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me what your thoughts. Um, I've called Mexico a high tech ghetto uh, at times. It's it's so focused on the national labs. Uh, it's not focused on commercial potential. Uh, and, and I didn't. I learned this from two PhDs who gave me a, a lecture one time. One of them. That actually worked for the labs. One was a contractor for the labs, and it was really fascinating. One of them was a physicist, and I think the other one worked in optics. We have big, big brains here, uh, just not far from here, Sandia, and then up, up, up the freeway uh, and, uh, and over a little bit to Los Alamos. But they're scientists. They're not entrepreneurs. When you look at the really great minds and businessmen of tech, it's a real mixed bag on what, on what their educational background is. There's a heck of a lot of non-PhDs, even a bare number of college dropouts there. And what these two gentlemen told me, they were elderly. They were not young men. They'd spent their whole lives working in the national security complex in New Mexico. Brilliant men, but they said, we and our colleagues don't want to start businesses. We come here, we get work from the federal government, we focus on our narrow little band of specialty, looking at, uh, you know, photons or whatever. And believe me, there's, I don't, I'm not insulting them. They're brilliant minds. But it's a government job. It's a government guarantee. There's no interest in commercializing their narrow focus and it was a, it was a real lesson for me i think better than any lesson i've ever had in new mexico learning why all this brain power has not translated into broad prosperity they're everybody's siloed kind of working on their own government federal subsidized little projects here mostly related to you know super super high-tech nuclear stuff that doesn't necessarily have a lot of commercial applicability they're not entrepreneurial minded and they were they admitted this to us they said to me anyway during the conversation they said it's just not the mind of the scientists who come to new mexico it's not the steve jobs go on and go out and take on the world uh michael dell uh, uh gates a college dropout himself who who now spends god knows how many money how much money telling kids they have to go to college the hypocrisy of that is uh rather blinding uh it's just the i'm not i'm not denigrating the people who are here they're just simply not the type they don't have the temperament they don't have the interest in translating their particular and narrow skill set into a wide commercial production and, uh, and designing uh, products that will appeal to consumers and, you know, ratcheting up manufacturing production here of, of devices and software and, you know, products and things like that that would really create wealth here. And so when I hear, and frankly, I hear a lot of Republicans running for governor talking about our wonderful skill set here, it's simply not 
transferable in any commercial way. And we've had 70, 80 years of proving that it's not commercial, you know, transferable in any, in, in any way. A lot of motivated people working in the nuclear security enterprise, smart people, patriotic people. I'm not denigrating them. The record is quite clear. We have not translate that into, say, a Silicon Valley or New Mexico. It's a different mindset. It's a different skill set. It's just not here. I would say availability of technical personnel for a profit-seeking entity, I would give us a D minus in the state. So, Dowd, let me ask you very quickly. So the availability is there. We just don't have the way to capture it. That has to do with lack of jobs, lack of business, yep. uh, overregulated. So what happens is the businesses can't provide it. Uh, the opportunity for this uh, to go ahead and find find blue skies, so to speak. Yeah, right? yeah, That's yeah. essentially what you're saying. And again, this was a lecture delivered to me by longtime PhD National Lab guys. This didn't come from me. And I and, and for years I had been thinking about New Mexico. I was relatively new here. Well, why is all this intellectual candle power? <laughs> it's so strong here, but the state is struggling so much. It's because, as I said, these are these are high tech ghettos. They work in these little communities, and it never really dribbles or, or or flows out and produces widespread wealth in 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 the state because uh, again these are super smart phd guys computer science chemistry physics and they're not interested in starting companies we and and i think if you are interested in starting companies if you're in that kind of steve jobs uh, mindset or you know what's happening in an amazing place like texas and amazing things going on in texas new mexico's the, because of all the reasons we just ran down new mexico's one of the last places you're going to come you're not going to be able to find a good workforce it's not safe the regulations are a nightmare the tax situation is a nightmare so we can't draw that so we kind of i won't say settle but to some extent we do settle for building wealth through federally subsidized jobs at these national labs and it just doesn't yeah. flow the rivers don't flow it's it's a it's a dead zone and just look around this state where where are we uh was our only uh, uh until recently we were the only company listed on a major stock exchange was our regulated electricity uh monopoly well, in still is. What, what else is there? there's, <laughs> there's a small else. company like sigma something up in santa fe that's listed on the nasdaq that happened a couple of years ago so so penny, i think penny, we have two now any stock uh no it's it's listed on a major uh yeah we have about six or seven off uh was it over the counter ones that are considered penny stocks but I think it's called Sigma Labs they went public on the Nasdaq them and PN PNM are the only two publicly traded companies on a major stock exchange in a state with some of the big most genius level minds in in America with two million people and we can't make it happen here again culture regulation taxes we've got to attack. That. And I think maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a new city manager in Albuquerque might uh, be able to help. I, I don't think know. that's the way to go. I, I about somebody by the name I don't of know Eddie Aragon. I think that'll be the I know right thing. Uh, quality of uh, availability, cost of utility, availability of technical, state tax rates, <laughs> <laughs> local tax rates. Uh, no, not <laughs> yeah, not F and F. Uh, availability of suitable housing, F. Is there an F minus that you can, we have no suitable housing. Zero. No availability. Availability of suitable plants. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to say I don't know on that. I'll have to do an overview of zoning and looking at various places, and I think that would be something to definitely look at. Sure. Um, do we have places where we can roll out new plants? Obviously, the impact. Remember, yeah, those zones are called impact impact zones, impact fees. That's what we were looking for earlier. Um Cultural activities, A. Clearly. Easy. And that's without a stadium in the New Mexico United. Food, culture, history, scenery, archaeology. Culture, A. 
A plus. You've got pre-Columbian and you've got Cold War history here. I mean, it's just it's one of the reasons I'm here. And you got Sonics. Oh yeah, love Sonics. Uh, availability of uh, air transportation routes. Uh, oof, D minus. You're going to have to connect somewhere in the country if you're flying out of the Sunport. We got more. Not a lot of direct. Vegas, yes. Vegas, you have a direct flight to Vegas, definitely. Yeah, once a day. <laughs> I think there's only one Southwest direct flight a day now. Uh, I think there's only like three to Phoenix. Oh, really? That low? Yeah, they yeah. have just killed everything. I think uh, I think Dallas has two, you know, and uh, so I'm just talking about Southwest, what I know. but yeah. I'll tell you one thing, folks. There will not be a lot of traffic at the Sunport if you're picking up or dropping off. I can tell you there will not be a lot of traffic. There's nobody there. It's not JFK. Government incentives, F, from my perspective, A plus if you're looking at it from a liberal right. perspective. Sure. Availability of local capital. Uh, probably like, you know, banks look at and they look at our bonds. Uh, we're AA. We're AA. Correct? Yes. On our bonds? Yep. You don't know what we're talking about, then don't worry about it. No, I mean, I, I think the no, no, not you. I oh mean, no, our, no. Our, but something I've always wondered about this is this is this, I've seen this in economic. I've never been able to wrap my right, mind around it. in terms of local capital. I mean, we have a global economy now. Does it have to get local capital? I mean, you can't get capital beyond the area you want to. I've always struggled with that. Um, you can't fly off and talk to some potential that's like investor. Big, that's, like, that's like one of the biggest parts of the city management is having the people who have to put up the muni ball, uh, bonds. Okay. To make things work. So the mini bonds are, you know, sort of the grease that gets everything going. Well, no, I'm talking not. about like a startup and, and you can't find, you know, investors for your, your private sector startup. I mean, why, why does it have to be local? I mean, if, if, if an investor oh, sees yeah, a good opportunity, sure. they'll give money to somebody in their time zone thousands of miles away. So I've that metric. Yeah. About that. Well, I don't think that we're looking to go ahead and uh, create uh, local capital for local businesses. They should be able to go to banks anyhow. You know, it's uh, why are you going to the city of Albuquerque to invest in your business? Oh, a lot of lefties want to have the Santa Fe up in there. They've been lobbying for a Santa Fe bank, a, a municipal bank up there. <laughs> that would be yeah. a great idea, folks. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's being sarcastic. Cost of air transportation, uh, very high here. Uh, yeah. We're probably one of the highest. So, what, what was your round trip to, or your one way trip to Vegas was what, 450? No, it was 166. Really? Yeah. No. Oh. Deep cheap. But Vegas, you know, this is the dead of summer, and you know, I'm sure a different part of the year it would be much better. That's much interesting. More. You got yeah. up that late? Yeah. That's just a personal reason. Well, I'm a, I'm a frequent Southwest flyer. I get all the best, best deals. Uh, Albuquerque's proximity to suppliers, I'd give that about uh, C. I don't know. We're a day's drive yeah. for a, a bunch of different ways. Uh, West Coast, East Coast, you know, you have the intermodals in the Midwest, and then on the West Coast you have all of Yeah, I would probably say about a C, average. Personal reasons. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know. My, my girlfriend's there. <laughs> does, does my wife like the place? I'm um, not really sure. I give it her name. She's nice. Uh, proximity to specific U.S. markets. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that that's an F. I mean, yeah. up and down the 25 gets us to Denver. Yeah. Uh, up and down uh, the uh, 40 or side to side of 40. Yeah. It's awful. It's not. I mean, it's a drug trafficking highway. It's not the Northeast. So between, it's not Southern California. I, I you know, we get it. We we're we're it. connected to services. Yeah. You know, literally both economies are services. There's no real production. The only caveat I would add to that is that we are ringed by states that are just killers in terms of growth. Uh, population growth, job growth. So, I mean, our region is doing well despite that uh, not being on the coast. So why can't we just join some of the other states right. like Utah and Texas and Arizona? And proximity to operations in Mexico. Uh, honestly, who cares? Tucson's proximity. Uh, this was a report. Uh, Albuquerque's proximity to foreign markets. Uh, 
you know, we, we can export our pecans all we want and that type of thing, but it's really, you know, not important. Availability of import-export facilities uh, as well. So, you know, there's kind of an overall look. I think that gives uh, Albuquerque a D plus, C minus, uh, as we've been telling you. You know, you got to go from failure to first. How do you get there? You've got to be looking at the economic factors of all this. I appreciate this uh, just from a skeletal standpoint. Uh, it's completely and totally useless to rank Albuquerque um, at this point, uh, given where we're ranked at uh, educationally, fiscally, and a number. You're not looking at any of that. You might as well just close everything off and at this point look at it as like, we need to improve in every category regardless of what it is. And you constantly see these uh, BS stuff that comes out. It's like, well, Wallet Hub says this, and <laughs> Wallet Hub right. says that. And it was like, whoa, yeah. here we go. Here comes our, here comes our, sh- our shot of confidence uh, <laughs> <laughs> weekly, monthly by Wallet Hub. And then you hear it, and the news media ignores it. And then they'll say, there's no problems here, et cetera. We got to acknowledge these problems. But looking at Wallet Hubs anymore, it doesn't matter what category it is, they all need market improvement. Mm-hmm. They they really do. There's uh, almost no room for any any more failure. If, if the only point. demographic you appeal to, ladies and gentlemen, is guys in their 40s whose grandparents have died, uh, whose last dog died, uh, who's looking to live the second half of his life in a nice climate, uh, and is looking for a lower cost of life, uh, lower lower cost of living, so we can do his crazy libertarian writing and research. I'm a limited demographic. <laughs> you need to you need to improve all these other metrics so that you can draw families and investors and entrepreneurs and retirees. Uh, I you know there's a lot of things I love about New Mexico. I I intend to stay and uh, if Mr. Aragon uh, lets me hang around the Kiva more, uh, but but can. again I, I'm I'm a very limited demographic. You've got to work on a lot of these categories in order to bring a, a broader category of people in. It can't be just I can't save this state all on my own. But at least okay. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not on a welfare. I'm earning a living, you know, I'm doing my thing, helping people so, out. Uh, I hope you screenshot that. So so literally like an hour ago they said the board ruled against uh Manny Gonzalez and now it just says Gonzalez prevails in public financing appeal. Uh, that he just got his six hundred and sixty one thousand dollars. Okay. So now it says a state judge on Friday reversed the Albuquerque City Clerk's decision to deny Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez. And didn't I just read this? Do I need to go back and read the very article that I read and I stopped reading? That's about oh. the only thing I have, right? Hope yeah. you screenshot the people who sent me that. I still have it. It's the city of Albuquerque's board screenshot of ethics it. and campaign practices dealt another blow. Okay, so screenshot that. Okay. Yeah. Screenshot that. Thank you. I'm going to ram this up or you know what. Wait until I get a hold of this. This is the crap that's going on. I don't care if we got the money. It's actually going to work in, in my favor. Uh, because they're going to be using, you're going to use your public money to hit each other. You guys are no doubt going to be cheering for what's ostensibly the underdog, but I literally kicked the crap out of both of these kids in that debate, period. Okay. You want to go back and see that debate? EddieWins.com. This is your media. This is your government. These are, this is the corruption here in this state right there, right there. I'm glad he got it. I'm glad he got it. And I hope that you decide to go ahead and use that taxpayer money to try and tear me apart. Because I will show you right back, the two of you, exactly what you're doing to this state. You don't give a crap about crime. You don't give a crap about the mayor's office. You don't give a crap about the city of Albuquerque, period. Okay, now read it as you had it, Dowd, right there. All right, I'm, I think we're looking at two different proceedings here. I'm trying to no, par- we're not. Parse I, out I literally just, I just looked at it. I just read it, so okay. I can go back and replay the. The tape. first one is the Albuquerque's Board of Ethics and Campaign Practices, the one that just went. 
mm-hmm. uh, is a judge, not the ethics board. Let's see. Uh, but this one was published at 326. Yeah, just Judge Brian Blitterscheid reversed the Albuquerque City Clerk's decision to deny Sheriff Manny Gonzalez's public financing bid. He ruled that the Albuquerque City Clerk did not give Gonzalez the proper due process when he denied the 600 grand. How much you bet me, Michelle <laughs> Lujan Grisham's hands, her grubby little hands are all over this deal. Mm. Because they know that they don't want to go ahead and lose this city of Albuquerque to the Republicans. Wow. This is real time right now. 525 here in the Kiva. All right. Uh, this does not mean that Gonzalez immediately gets the money. The city clerk must give Gonzalez a proper hearing where he is afforded due process by early next week. If the clerk does not properly give him due process, must certify Gonzalez the money. Right. What, what, is, what is due process? What does that mean? <sighs> Guaranteed, Michelle Lujan Grisham is all over this because she knows that she will be gone if I become mayor of Albuquerque. If Eddie Aragon becomes mayor of Albuquerque, Michelle Lujan Grisham loses next year. That's the play here. That's the play. And Manny, I'm so glad you got that money. I know, I know it won't help you. I know it won't even help you in the least. You won't even know what to do with it. I'll make your head spin in those debates. I will absolutely destroy both of you on stage, right there in front of you. I don't care how hard the questions are from Channel 4, 7, 13, whatever debate you bring my way. I don't care. All right. We'll check out weather and traffic very quickly. <laughs> Take your time. Man. Yeah, no I mean, problem. I'm going to have to read the decision. All right, uh, let's put things together, starting with the weather. Looks like uh, clouds are moving in. There's a real heavy cell of it in the, uh, looks like south of Los Lunas. It is moving northeastbound and looks like it's moving in also from Grants into Rio Rancho. So get ready for some rain tonight, and they say it could possibly be heavy. Speaking of heavy, look at this drive on Coors Boulevard. Both sides of the fence are going to be under 10 miles an hour. On uh, looks like uh, from Ellison over to Seven Bar Loop, and if you're on Ellison, it's also going to be a very slow trip right around. Uh, well, it looks like uh, all the way up from Golf Course out to Coors Boulevard. So maybe something happened in the intersection there. I don't see an accident, but it very well could be. If your drive takes you to South Valley, it is still stubborn on Rio Bravo. Westbound between uh, Broadway and 7th Street seems to be the worst of that drive. And looks like uh, Paseo del Norte, while the drive uh, is not too bad on the you know westbound across the river, it's going to be tight getting there. Westbound between Wyoming and San Pedro. All right. We're at Monte Cigar Shop and Pipe and Tobacco. They've got it all here. Look at this. The Partagas is one somebody suggested to me. What do you think? Maybe? Well, why don't you come and check out all the cigars in the humidor, largest one in the southwest, Monte Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. We are up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of All right. Uh, good job, Rudy. All right. So what do you got? Okay. We're talking about two different things. What, so what- Board, they right. ruled against. Yeah, we lost then, before the ethics and then board. And the state judge this afternoon, or what, 20 right. minutes ago? Yeah, basically they denied him, if we go back in history here, they denied him the money. He wants that 600 grand. And because of these allegations about fraud and forgery, getting his little $5 donations. But by the way, I want him to get the 600 grand. You we, do want yeah, him. We yeah. want okay. him that would to just help you distinguish even more between yeah, exactly. a real conservative. It absolutely and, delineates <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely everything, just taking your taxpayer money. And I, I really want him to get the money now. Yeah, because I've already played it out in my head, and you know how I think. 
and we know how fast I will do the linear thinking and the extrapolation off of that. I can tell you it, it will work to our benefit. Sure, sure. Actually, if he gets the money, that will work for our benefit. Uh, so he was in, he went to get the money. The city clerk said, "You're you committed fraud in 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 getting these donations. We're not going to give you the money." First, the first appeal they made was to the hearing officer. That's the city's hearing officer, Rip Harwood. He sided with the city, saying, "No, we're not giving you the money." Then to a uh, judge in the district court who has sided for him. Now, the judge is basically... Wait, wait, wait. Who's the judge? Let's, uh, let's... Brian Bideshide. Can he, you uh, look up uh, the, I will be looking uh, him up right now. affiliation? <laughs> we will... <laughs> want to go ahead and look up other uh, cases that he's ruled on. Yep, and then yep. uh, do a co-search with both Manny Gonzalez and Brian Bideshide. Uh, any kind of correspondence between them? So I'm sure we He's can... in the first uh, district court. Uh, let's what, see. That, what does that mean? Is that uh, Albuquerque? Uh, that's what must be Santa Fe. Um, okay. We're in the second, aren't we? Uh, I have no first, clue. I don't know uh, the courts. Let's see, I'm just looking. Uh, low, oh, politically corrupt judge faces defy predator. Well, there's some interesting stuff out there. I'll, I'll be digging. I'm sort of trying to do this in live time, in real time. But yeah. anyway, the bottom line is the judge said Manny didn't get due process of law, which means he was denied some procedural. You know, he wasn't allowed to present evidence or he wasn't allowed to make his case before he was denied this money. So basically, the judge is saying you either give him due process of law, you may, let him go to the city clerk and make his case. Or you have to give him the money. So he went to make, make his case like three separate times. <laughs> well, I am guess I, the, Gonzalez wrong? was claiming the clerk just said we have evidence of this impropriety and we're just not giving you the money. There may have been some regulation in state in, in city ordinances somewhere that that per, per, that should have empowered him to be able to make his case better. The judge is saying he was denied due process. You should you can't deny someone due process. You either give him the money or you let him go through the full process of appealing the decision to that, he, that you're not going to get the money. And so now, but there's no guarantee. I mean, he could, he could get a full hearing and then and still be denied. And then he would sue again and this thing would go on. Meanwhile, the election's underway and Manny's still, you know, we're, we're a week from the election and Manny's still suing to get his free money. Uh, this, this could become a comedic at some point. Very interesting. It's already beyond comedic. Yeah. Go back and uh, uh, Mr. Brian, uh, just pull up the first three things that come up. All right. Uh, let's see. N-M-S-U-R-F. Let's see. What is that? Uh, local rule on a reconsideration from another local Santa Fe judge refused to refuse, recuse himself. Right. That was a different case. Uh, judge, New Mexico cannabis rules not supported by evidence. That's the, uh, Judge uh, Bideshide. Uh, let's see. Issued an order repealing the state regulations and ordering the department to rewrite them. Hmm. Curious. Uh, judge says Santa Fe violated law by failing to produce records relating to. All right, we'll do the drill down on that. We got to yeah, look at that. That's very interesting. Who, who is this guy? Sure. Yeah. So anyway, because they couldn't find judges, every judge recused himself. It's so often the case in New Mexico. Right. Yeah, but they, every judge recused himself, <laughs> yeah. yanked them from the whole entire situation. Like the there. Phil Griego case, eight judges recused themselves because they were buddies with Phil Griego. If this were next Thursday, you know, I couldn't talk about this. That's true. Yeah, so I'm actually happy that all this is happening right now. And regardless of what happens, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, what we're looking at right here, you might as well just have given him the money. Uh, the judge is a Democrat. I can confirm that. That's okay. from the Secretary of State's uh, website right here. The judge is a Democrat. Okay, so the judge is a Democrat. Uh, both candidates are a Democrat. Uh, uh, Cross-reference Brian Bideshide and, uh, and Michelle Lujan Grisham. Yep. Already. Uh, and also, uh, he was ran against no competition. Uh, let's see. They never or did. He was, was reconfirmed. I'm sorry. 100% yeah. of the vote. So there we go. 
So it's up to you folks out there when you look at this stuff. It wouldn't matter one way or the other. We actually like the fact that he gets it. And it's even better that you have a Democrat judge who's going to be ruling in favor, which reinforces uh, sort of, and, you know, we're over $22,000. By the way, if you want to go ahead and donate to our campaign, fightfor505.com. Uh, uh, so that's all you have to do is go to fightfor505.com, and then we'll be reaching out. But uh, look at this. You have uh, two taxpayer-funded candidates, two government employees, highest law enforcement official, and the highest uh, elected official in the city of Albuquerque. And they, the Democrats are going to do everything they can to call that, to take them through this enough to damage Manny, but about by the same exact time, you know, make sure that, hey, if Eddie gets going too much and we don't want a Republican running the city of Albuquerque, like this scenario is actually better than I even dreamed. <laughs> Everything's falling into place. Like, it's coming together so beautifully. Uh, just uh, they Eddie, to answer your it's, question. It's because you can't even believe that they are like when I tell you I know Democrats, I know Democrats. <laughs> you, do, you do. There's nobody who knows the Democrat and Democrat mindset like them. And you just have to pivot off of that entirely and flip it around. Uh, to answer your question about yes. the MLG connection, I, I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this, but Brian uh, Beidscheid, Beidscheid, uh, B-I-E-D-S-C-H-E-I-D. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Judge B, let's call him May 15th, 2019, a press release from Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, Lujan Grisham fills judicial vacancies. Governor Michelle Lujan, Lujan Grisham on Bingo! Friday <laughs> announced Bingo! elections for three judicial Bingo! vacancies. Michelle uh, Lujan yep. Grisham wants Manny Gonzalez to get the public money because she does not want to get out of the governor's mansion next year because if the Republicans and Eddie Aragon start their run, on her by winning the mayor's election, she guess what will happen? She'll be gone. Uh, Judge J, uh, Judge B, I'm sorry, has extensive experience in domestic relations and juvenile law, where he was frequently appointed as a guardian ad litem in oh. cases involving minors and awful, incapacitated awful, adults. Uh, the, wor the worst human beings on the face of the earth <laughs> family, are, family are family court guardian ad litem. Uh, he is currently a shareholder and vice president at Sawtell Worth, W-I-R-T-H. That's an interesting last name. Uh, and uh, Bideshide, Beadshide. He has previously served as a board member of Equal Access to Justice and is an active volunteer with the First Judicial District ADR program. What, what's ADR? What's I'm ADR? looking that up right uh, now. Uh, um, dispute resolution, alternative dispute resolution. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. He earned his law degree from, you guessed it, the University of New Mexico Graduated in 1996. When, uh, 1996. Oh, 96. Okay, so after but is, is Peter Worth part of Saw, Sawtell Worth and Bideshide? Is that W-R-T-H? Yeah, W-I-R-T-H. Yep, there it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking them up right now. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm, oh I'm totally serious. Oh, my God, are you idiot. Not only did he lose his campaign manager, Jay McCluskey, and go for a progressive leftist, but they also brought in a judge who's corrupted to go ahead and rule on his behalf. Oh my. It's all right there. All the connections, and he was appointed two years ago. Folks, if you want to get rid of the corruption, let me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> I'll do it right there on stage for you. Anything else, D-Dowd, Mike? Uh, continuing to dig. I'm just trying to uh, see if it's, it's Peter right, Worth. Let's say we got to get a murder, a murder Mike update. Murder <laughs> Mike, you there? I sure am, Eddie. Boy, I'm telling you, it, it sounds like you got a, uh, a full plate ahead of you when you, when you become city manager. Yeah, city, we're going we're gonna to change it from mayor to city manager. We're not going to glorify this. Ridiculous position. We've got a job to do. We got to clean up this city. We're gonna and we're gonna do it. What's going on last twenty four hours? You got a couple more homicides, right? 
Well, we did have one more homicide this morning. It was reported, and it was actually it was reported by the shot spotter system that identified a shot being fired in the 400 oh, block of we're Texas start, Northeast. We're going to start using it. So, of course, everything's even on. Uh, well, we just don't have now. access to the data because yeah. that's owned by the private company. Well, let, let, let's see. Let's see if we have <laughs> any. So, I'm on KOB Channel Four. Uh, no report. Uh, nope. Man found dead in minivan. Reported two hours ago. Is that what we're talking about? Is that the, yeah, that's the same thing. Uh, same thing. Okay, so uh, KOB reported it two hours ago. Uh, let's look at the controlled opposition that's coming against. Let's see. Nothing here. Nothing on KRQE. Let's see. KRQE does not have it. Okay. Right. And then let's see. KOAT. Remember, this is all suppression. They're, they're doing puff pieces on uh, Mayor Keller now. No, I only have six uh, what, more what? days to talk about this. Oh, well, again, we're first with breaking news. There it is. Uh, let's see. Your Senator Peter Worth is is part Peter of that Worth, law yeah, firm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I just confirmed it. <laughs> and he's so happy. <laughs> you should see that grin on his oh, face. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Called it. <laughs> my God, these me, guys just—they like the pull, they pull all of the strings, <laughs> every string that they can think of, and thinking that the public is so stupid, <laughs> or I'm so stupid that I don't know. Appointed yeah. by MLG, and he's a law partner a of, of, of one of the most Worth. powerful senators in, oh. the, in the state Senate. <laughs> and he ruled in favor of Manny Gonzalez. I mean, make him a Democrat all you want, baby. It's over. Oh, and if you're a Republican, get him behind Manny Gonzalez. I will hang you. I will absolutely hang you. You are over. Oh, my gosh. I love this so much. Oh, sorry, Murder Mike. I'm running right over the 88th homicide of the year. No, that's okay. You, 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 you may, you're cracking me up to the point where i got to get a straight face so I can go on. You know? Do these guys not know how corrupt they are? And, and, the, and the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce asked me today. They asked me today. They're like, uh, well, what, what issue do you want to talk about? I'm like, political corruption. Like, what do we have no, to talk no. about? The number one issue I want to talk about is political corruption. I can't wait to expose the Democrat Party. I cannot wait. And you guys are doing it. You guys are helping me every step of the way. Michelle Lujan Grisham wants to keep her job. And how does she do it? She gets Peter uh, Board Shorts, uh, who's uh, with uh, work. He's the Senate Majority Leader. He's married to a Santa Fe City Councilor. And the judge is his business partner. <laughs> Some things even I can't believe. <laughs> Well, you got a full play when it comes to corruption because it's been in Albuquerque and New Mexico for a long, long time. So it's a club, and you ain't in it, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to be in it. It's, it's a good old boy club, as they refer to it in Santa Fe and the Roundhouse, and uh, at the at the Bullring, they used to call it the good old boy club. They went through this three times. They went through his thing three times. It has proved it. They have to give him fear. Uh, if they let him go, like your only chance now, honestly. Because the Republicans are going to catch word of this. I'm going to go out and talk to every single person, right? And, oh, you're manager, whatever, your committee that you're doing, and you Republicans who are jumping on board, you're all hung out. Trust me, you guys are all going to get hung out with these guys. You're on the other side, okay? This is how bad the political corruption is. Mm. I, I cannot wait. Oh, my gosh. Every one of the, my enemies on this, they all get outed. Because this is what they will, they will stop at nothing to keep the Democrat mafio, mafioso parties uh, in power in the state. The uniparty. The uniparty, yeah. They, they just will do absolutely everything.
The state is so well, it's been that so way for so long, Eddie. I mean, you know, you and I are both natives of New Mexico. You, of course, a lot longer than me, but I know as far as back, as far back as I can remember, New Mexico has been a pretty corrupt state politically, and, and it's been the Democrats that have been doing it. So, yeah, with a lot of with a lot of uh, Rhino Republican help. I mean, honestly, yeah. we need to put out a complete and total statement uh, on this. This is easy. This is absolutely easy. So, this is awesome. Okay, Murder Mike, sorry. I've, I rarely get that excited on air. I, I rarely get that excited anymore on air that that was so good. Like, we literally, within a, a process of uh, 20... Rudy, did you hear all that? Are you listening? No, he's not listening. Rudy's checking out. I think he's having a macanudo. He's like, I'm checking <laughs> it's out. It's Friday. It's 541. Murder Mike, go ahead. Yeah, okay, well, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, speaking of homicides, I got some homicide stats here from the last three or four years. And, of course, right now we're we're, we're sitting at number 88. So uh, we have 88 homicides this year. In uh, 2020, there was 39 homicides at mid-year. In 2019, there was 48 homicides at mid-year. And in 2018, there was 50 homicides uh, by the mid-year. So we're still... Way, I mean, our worst worst year was 2018, and we're still almost twice that. So something's got to be done about that. Anyway, that's a look at the homicide stats. The stats from last night, uh, from 9 p.m. until 3 a.m., well, that was a long night. We had four armed robberies, uh, one residential armed robbery. That's kind of like a home invasion. Domestic disputes between 9 p.m. and midnight, there was 11. From midnight to 3 a.m., there was six. Total of four intoxicated individuals. Fifteen shots fired calls. At one scene, there was multiple shots with multiple vehicles and multiple callers, reporting nine different shots being fired. Lower Pat Hurley Park, there was three. And on Texas Southeast, there was four. So that shot spotter must have been on the ball. Uh, or looking around, I guess. Uh, we had four mental patients. Three of them were transported to 2600 Marble. That's the mental health facility in Albuquerque. Uh, there was four suicide calls. And the paper hangers were out last night. There was traffic stops galore. From 9 p.m. to midnight, there was 19 traffic stops. From midnight to 3 a.m., there was eight traffic stops, two of which uh, two uh, drivers fled from the traffic stops at high rates of speed, and four DWI stops. And and one of the DWIs, actually, the vehicle had run into the Walgreens at 101 quarters. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess he, he couldn't wait for the pharmacy to open. Uh, Burglaries, commercial, one commercial burglary, one residential burglary, and one auto burglary. And uh, for assaults, there was three aggravated assaults and five simple assaults. That's without a weapon. Uh, drug overdoses, there was four, and none of them were fatal. Accident with injuries, they hit, there was two hit-and-run accidents last night uh, and four uh, calls for vandalism. And then here's here's the good one, boy. Uh, at 12:53 a.m., there was a wrong wrong. Try saying this three times. <laughs> wrong way driver. Uh, he was going westbound in the eastbound lanes of I-40, and he was first reported at San Mateo, and he got all the way to Unser with multiple callers reporting him all the way to Unser before he was stopped by police. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a long way on the freeway, going the wrong way. And I'm, I'm, nobody crashed into it. That's amazing. What time was that, Three Mike? Stolen car. I'm, I'm sorry? What time was that? 
That was at 12.53 in the morning. Okay. I mean, late, but not, not 3 or 4 a.m. Wow. Hmm. No. Uh, Thank still, God. I mean, I mean, hand to God right there. Nobody was killed. He was in one of those uh, PT cruisers with no lights on. Oh, stylish. So if he had crunched, that would have been all she wrote. Sure. There was three stolen car reports, two road rage incidents, one and one of them, the driver was armed and, and flashed a gun at the other driver. So that's kind of a look at the that's the 411 on the 505 from uh, last night. Thank you very much, Murder Mike. I have one final uh, question for you. The guy in the purple body armor following Albuquerque Fire and Rescue around, uh, what was one of our more disturbing cases in recent months? Any 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 update on that? No, there wasn't. I guess he must have gotten wind of it or else the police caught him because the, the, the rescue guys didn't report anything happening last night. Because, but this guy was uh, claimed he was with security, and then he, at another time he claimed he was actually an undercover police officer, but he's in a purple Dodge Challenger. And uh, he was just following rescue calls, following the rescue units to all their calls. So... Well, uh, that, yeah, that is, that is disturbing. Even the rescue guys, you know, they, once, once or twice when people follow a rescue, you know, they, you know, they go there for the glory and sure, see sure. what's happening. But uh, this was, you know, definitely uh, disturbing to the point where they had to report it. So. He was looking for a little on-the-job training, maybe. That's not the right way to do it. Yeah, if you want to be, if you want to get in the rescue unit that bad, just crash into a telephone pole. You know? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Michael. Michael, that is our murder, Mike, and I uh, believe Eddie Aragon has rejoined us for a moment. Well, I'm, I was here. I was just listening. We have uh, visitors, and I got my kid outside, and you know, uh, you know, kids. Um, you know, just a recap. Let me, let me just, and it's very linear, and let's extrapolate. Okay, so the city clerk ru- ruled against Manny Gonzalez, which is fine. You know, I didn't care one way or the other. Then all of a sudden we get a news report about 5.15. They said that they ruled in favor for him and that he's potentially could get his money. And then we did a study on the judge uh, who's there. We understand the judge is partners with uh, one of the leaders, Senate of the majority, Senate leader. majority leader for the state of New Mexico, who has very, very like this close to Michelle Lujan Grisham. We know that Michelle Lujan Grisham's uh, ratings uh, for her, Approval ratings are 46% and 45 against. She's very worried about a Republican, me, uh, becoming the next mayor because she knows that it spells certain doom for her uh, running for governor and and, and, uh, re-election in 2022. So she worked behind the scenes, worked with uh, First uh, Judicial District, uh, worked with a guy that she literally handed the keys to the kingdom in that first judicial district and appointed him. Is that correct? I want to say that's correct. correct? Uh, she was, she appointed him in 2019. The date was, and I'll have this in the show notes, March 15th, 2019. March 15th, 2019. Very early in her administration. Yeah, she, she appointed him almost immediately. So there's some favors there. And uh, here's the favor getting cashed in to say, let's keep uh, Manny rolling. Uh, doesn't matter. We just can't have Eddie Aragon win uh, the mayor's race. So Michelle Lujan Grisham, you've now been exposed. You've come out and, uh, Boy, uh, with 17,000 plus M- impeach MLG. And we're not now starting now to get more uh, that are coming in, Dowd. I think uh, we're pretty, I think we're pretty much uh, at this point loaded for bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, very, very exciting. All right. Let's run to a break. Back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, FM. Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, you will receive quick response times, and all loans are processed here locally. And you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. 
All of our employees live here and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy and if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today on the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS, 188-348. This is Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we also also have over a hundred lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856-1171, or you can email him directly, michael at michaeltrujillo.com. That's michael at michaeltrujillo.com. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We focus on construction, onshore energy, defense contractors, healthcare, professional liability, and a variety of other industries. Call us today at 883-3683, 883 883- Three six eight three. Make Sugar Hollow Assisted Living a home away from home experience for your loved one. In the historic Albuquerque Country Club neighborhood, Sugar Hollow is beautiful and peaceful with one of Albuquerque's lowest resident to caregiver ratios. Home cooked meals, activities, medication assistance, boutique style care with a focus on dignity and quality of life. Visit Sugar Hollow by calling 270-0801. Dignity and trusted care. Sugar Hollow, 270-0801. Salon Deluxe and Tan Rio West have partnered together to offer hair, nail, and skin care with our signature Solitone, Lumi Facial, and Lumi Lift, and Brazilian Blowout. And this is Deb Slight from Tan Rio West Lite. We specialize in permanent makeup, tattoo removal, Botox, Juvederm, spray tan, and eyelash extensions. You can reach us at 896-0586 at the salon or call Deb at Tan Rio, 994 2390. We're located at the Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. 
2020 has impacted so many things, one of which is how we live in our home, how we work from home, do school from home, even how we have meals, social connecting, and enjoying entertainment in our home. This is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Every year, 10% of homeowners sell their home. For 2021, it's estimated that the number will be even higher. For many, the plan to move in the past year was derailed or postponed, and many more have recognized the need for a different home for how they live now. You may not be ready to sell your home yet, but at some point, you're curious about how much your home is worth. Don't trust an automated online estimate to know the value of what is most likely your most important asset, especially in today's fast-moving market. Call us, the number one Keller Williams real estate group in New Mexico, your neighborhood expert. And when you do decide to sell, don't leave money on the table. You can choose the number one real estate team that will get you premium marketing and maximum value. Call today, 448-8888, or visit us online at welcomehomeabq.com. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. Ann Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. Looking for a full-service landscaping company that can design, build, and maintain your landscape? True West Landscape is the company for you. Whether you are a property manager or homeowner looking for that quality weekly service, True West is here. Contact the True West professionals today so we can show you our quality service options at 505-395-7770, 505-395-7770, or visit online at truewestgroup.com. Sun's Up and Dine-In Tables are open every day at Sunny Side Up on Manolan, Louisiana. Avocado toast, chicken avocado omelet, and any of Sunny Side Up's healthy, tasty lunch choices. Sunny Side Up specials are yours online. Sunny, that's a place I like dot com. All right, kids, time we put things together, starting with the weather. Looks like a slight chance of rain still tonight. Most of it right now seems to be concentrated towards Los Lunas, out towards Rio Rancho. But uh, right now, it's also cooling off to 21 degrees. Rock of Talk. All right, things heating up and kind of moved out a little bit on Rio Bravo. Now the real slowdown is between the river and Isleta. That is under five miles an hour just in that stretch there. And staying heavy as you make your way up to Coors with the construction. And uh, Paseo del Norte westbound, a little bit of a late start on this, huh? Looks like from I-25 westbound on Paseo out to 2nd Street, you will be under 40 miles an hour in that stretch. But not terrible on your way from that point over to the west side. All right, we're at Monty Cigar Shop. The Gurkha Cigar Lounge is where everyone's having a lot of fun this afternoon. And I've got to tell you, they've just got so much going on here in terms of uh, that humidor. Um, yeah, the people that have come in today to tell me, they say the Macanudo or Partagas are my best choices, so may grab one of those before I leave. How about you grabbing something before they close? Come on by. Monty Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive into the Rock of Talk.
here in the Kiva. Look at those yo-yos. That's the way they do it. They get their money from the bears. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your campaign for cheap. There it is. And uh, maybe they both get it. That'll be kind of cool and I'll be just fine with that. But we've uncovered the corruption. We'll dig deep. Doubt has uh, got a smile on a mile wide and a mile high uh, here. I may be bumping my uh, my piece on Monday for some, <laughs> something else involving political corruption. Because, you know, it's so bad. Eddie Aragon aside, leave Eddie Aragon completely out of this. This is just the typical cronyism and corruption. And the fact that these people don't recuse themselves from what are obviously uh, political conflicts of interest in the state and no one calls them on them. It's amazing. Amazing. We got Rebecca, Liberty Lady. She came in and fixed the mics. And uh, she's going to be in tomorrow. This is going to be fun. Uh, and uh, Rebecca, what do we got on slate tomorrow? Before we get to the debate, we're going to play the debate uh, here for the last hour. You guys get to hear it uh, once again. I'm so excited about all this. Rebecca, you've been working hard. What's on uh, What's on the docket for tomorrow? Oh, here we go. Sorry. There you are. Sorry. Am I there? Okay. You there were we are. there. So sorry. Um, I wrote a, uh, a opening monologue that is... Uh, I'm, I'm going to classify it as a serious rant uh, after some experiences I've had this week. It just, I woke up just really, really angry, and then suddenly w- words just, just came out, and I just wrote just all kinds of stuff. So anyway, I've got that, and then um, I found some interesting stuff about how the government uh, is, uh, it looks like they're going to try to starve us all out. And, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to be able to go anywhere. No restaurants, no uh Grocery stores, no anything, uh, because this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's right. That's right. So um, I'm going to dig in on that a little bit. And then, of course, we're going to be doing uh, some more of our Constitution class. Good. We're going to be doing the Seventh Amendment tomorrow. Okay. And uh, we're going to be talking about some rallies that have been going on this week. And uh, we actually have a rally in the morning that I'm going to be attending before I come into the show tomorrow. All right. There so I'll go. have some stories about that, All too. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, congratulations on your great uh, vacation week, and I hope that Thank it you. is much shorter than 17 months before you get to see your family again. I agree. And I, I agree. think uh, that was absolutely awesome. And thank you, you for making me take it. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, everybody around you who loves you wants you to take it as well. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Up next, you've got the debate uh, between uh, myself, Tim Keller, and Manny Gonzalez. So take a listen. That'll be starting in about uh, 45 seconds, and uh, we'll see you all bright and early 4 p.m., I'll be on the show tomorrow with the Liberty Ladies. We'll be raising money. Uh, we're currently, uh, if you count all the money and the checks and everything, uh, right around twenty-two grand. We need every single dollar. We've got to fight evil here in the state of New Mexico and corruption. Can't wait for that article to come out from D. Muska either. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The debate is next.
Thank you, uh, Mr. Rice. I appreciate it. Uh, I am Eddie Aragon, as I stated before, 11th generation New Mexican. Care deeply, as uh, do all of our candidates, about uh, this great city, which is why we're all running for mayor. And uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. And uh, I'm the father of two, a graduate of St. Pius X High School, uh, a student of both uh, public and private school, and a graduate of the University of New Mexico with degrees in uh, political science and economics. And I got to tell you, uh, looking at the state of our city, the state of our state, but particularly the largest population in the entire state, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, we have suffered. And I know that we are all going through this, uh, both uh, due to the uh, corona pandemic, uh, as well as the lack of economic growth that that is not just brought on, but th that has been induced uh, even before that lost decade that we have all uh, inherited. I'm just going to make a brief statement about my candidacy and what I'm doing. And uh, we are all about going from failure to first. It's going to take generations. Uh, we're not even an average city at this point. Uh, Albuquerque is a place that I am certainly proud to be from, proud of, but this is a very difficult time to, for many people to go ahead and be proud of Albuquerque because a lot of people are picking up and leaving. You know people, I do as well. We have the five C's that we're focused on in terms of our, and of course, we're running the city of Albuquerque. Uh, the two gentlemen who are my opponents uh, are already doing so, and I'd like the opportunity to express my vision on behalf of the city of Albuquerque. The second C, of course, is crime. That's one of the things, I appreciate that, that one of the things that we have talked about uh, at length, uh, record homicides at 86, commerce, business, as a business person, as a business owner, you've seen that suffer. Uh, and of course, corruption, that has been a huge deal here in the city of Albuquerque. And so when I express my point very simply, the five points, uh, that's what I'm running on here in the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Mr. Aragon. Mr. Gonzalez, your opening statements, two minutes. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez III. I was born and raised in Albuquerque. 
Uh, shortly after I graduated from high school, I went to the United States Marine Corps and served there honor- honorably and meritoriously. Uh, I have a beautiful family. Uh, in my upbringing, I was raised to have uh, work hard and, and, uh, and serve people. Uh, through that time, uh, after I came back from the United States Marine Corps, I happened to pursue a career in law, and I've been serving there for 30 years. But I've also had the opportunity to spend 20 years. And I'm bringing these two different things I've been very successful in to, to the candidacy of mayor. But that's not the way it always was. When I first took office on January 1st, 2015, very demoralized, second rate, uh, very poli- uh, politically polarized department. And also the county was facing a major deficit. But I didn't run away from those challenges. What I did is we did more with less. And I had a vision and a plan for the sheriff's office. More importantly, I had the success of doing that that no other candidate has had. And I want to be able to transfer those skills to those two ma- or those three major things that my platform's about. One being, first and foremost, is crime, it's homelessness, and the third is jobs in the economy. That thing would bode more well for this for the citizens who I put first and not politics, unlike other candidates. The leadership that Albuquerque needs to be successful because we need to take this opportunity for everybody to thrive and re- restore Albuquerque to the crown jewel of the Southwest. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And a quick note, I've noticed a couple of people in the chat saying that they can only see my face on their Zoom feed. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for that. Uh, you, you, could, you could do better on this Zoom call. Uh, but second, if, if any of the other hosts know if that's a problem we can handle or if that's a problem on, on, on an individual's uh, Zoom, uh, you, you've been given an FYI there. All right. Uh, we conclude the opening statements with Mr. Keller. You have two minutes left. Thanks so much, Peter, and good evening, everyone. Uh, It's been my honor uh, to serve as your mayor the last four years, and I think folks are pretty familiar with my background, but was born and raised in Albuquerque as well, and I have two young children uh, attending APS schools. And when I think back about four years ago, you know, I asked voters to trust me to lead, and I pledged that we would face our toughest challenges head on and that we would dig deep and address root causes on crime, homelessness, jobs, and security, and that we wouldn't shy away from tough decisions. And I think we've honored that commitment and respected the magnitude of those challenges with resolve and dedication, not with one-liners and sound bites about how easy it is to address any of this, because none of these are easy problems to fix. Now, last year, COVID-19 pandemic also presented a crisis like no other. And we worked hard to make decisions that saved lives and livelihoods and to keep us safe. We're starting to do that again as the pandemic comes back. So we've changed our city's approach to policing with the the new uh, community safety department. We also continue our commitment to adding resources, whether it's for diversion or whether it's everyday officers on the street. We stepped up and we have put out a vision and purchased the Gateway Center to find meaningful answers for homelessness. And we also know that we have announced thousands of good paying jobs coming to Albuquerque's working families, more than have been announced in the last decade combined. So with revitalized public safety efforts and what we're doing with homelessness and jobs, 
I believe this is on top of our national leading sustainability efforts. And so now is the time to continue going in the right direction, to keep moving forward and hit the accelerator and not move backwards. That's why I'm running for real life. All right, thank you very much. Uh, question one for the lot of you here tonight is about homelessness, uh, homeless encampments rather, that have become endemic in our area. Uh, they are a problem on several different levels, whether the goal is public safety, clean and walkable environments, appealing parks, a friendly business climate, or indeed a safe place for people without homes to be, the encampments are not helping us get there. What are your plans for dealing with homeless encampments throughout our, our area? And do those, implant, do those plans include the creation of officially sanctioned camps, which are sometimes known as safe outdoor spaces? You have two minutes, and we will begin with Mr. Keller. Thank you for that question, and um, let me make sure I know you guys can hear me. Okay, so I support an all-the-above approach, and I think that's what you need. We have over 5,000 homeless people unsheltered in our streets, and I know that to try and help all of those 5,000 people, you have to do different things based on their unique situation. And so there's several things that we've been doing is, number one, you have to reach out and offer help. That's why we've been increasing our community outreach officers, and that's part of even the new community safety department that we're building. And eventually, though, we still do enforce things like you can't have people camping in dangerous areas. And so we do have folks doing that, but there's a huge backlog. So against this backdrop, though, is, I think, a national situation coming out of the pandemic where homelessness is growing everywhere. And that's why what we have to do is we have to provide somewhere where they can go and where people can take them. And that's the idea behind the Gateway Center. The idea is you've got to have somewhere that's open 24-7 where folks can go voluntarily or our service outreach providers can take them and they can get shelter and then they can be triaged in terms of do they need behavioral health services? Do they need mental health services? Uh, do they need a housing voucher? Do they need job training? These are the kinds of things that we know we can offer, but we cannot do that until we have this 24-7 center. And that's why I stepped up after the voters approved it and purchased the old Gibson Medical Center so that we could build that facility. And I will tell you, until we have that, we are not going to make a major dent in our unsheltered population. All right, thank you. Mr. Gallen, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next with two minutes. Can you repeat the question just so I'm clear on it? I'm sure homeless encampments have become endemic in our area. Uh, what are your plans for dealing with them? Uh, and do those include officially sanctioned uh, camps, sometimes known as safe outdoor spaces? Okay, thank you for repeating that question. So we live in a checkerboard community, and I just want to make it very clear that this isn't a national epidemic. We do not have the same issue in Bernalillo County and the unincorporated areas because we have a very robust plan and service to provide help for those people that are in crisis. I don't necessarily uh, label them as people in ho as homeless, but they're people in crisis. I happen to sit on the President's Commission for Homelessness, Mental Illness, and Substance Abuse. And you have to be able to screen these people and provide them with the wraparound services that they need in order to identify their diagnosis on their issues. And so you're going to find out through screening and proactive mobilization of resources to include law enforcement, public health, behavioral health, 
to screen these people to identify the help they need. Because sometimes some of these individuals are choosing to either ingest, smoke, uh, shoot up, uh, fentanyl and other illicit drugs in our community. And nobody is enforcing these public ordinances that need to be enforced. Because literally there's thousands of needles throughout the metro area on a daily basis. And it's a public health issue that nobody's addressed on the state or city level. We will remedy that by staffing and find the services and resources those people need to be successful. All right, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Aragon, two minutes. Thank you for the uh, question. We have 1,534 people or 84 people that are out on the streets. Uh, we've become a destination and a haven for homeless people. We have catered and coddled uh, homeless people. And I could tell you right now, at, at this point, the approach that we've taken isn't working. Whether it's building tiny houses, eight of 40 that are actually filled uh, due to the uh, fact that they can't get clean, there are certain requirements to get in. We spend an extreme amount of money, and I know construction pretty well from a small business and uh, the son of a contractor, at $950 a square foot. Housing them and uh, taking these guys on and keeping them here isn't helping us. Uh, you certainly have seen the number of people, and temporary homeless uh, people generally find themselves in hotels. We've had 11 murders that have taken place uh, here in hotels here across uh, our, our great city. Unfortunately, as we continue this approach where we uh, set up competition by creating more government solutions for homelessness rather than enable the nonprofit organizations and especially the churches out there who are willing to do anything and everything they possibly can to go ahead and bring them in. Uh, most homeless people, and I will tell you, as the uh, grandson of a, a homeless grandmother uh, who was uh, mentally ill, she did not get satisfied and get taken care of until we brought her in. And one of the things that we need more in our city is more love and more caring. Churches are a great place for that, uh, not to mention lots of nonprofit uh, organizations. But when the government and our mayor is setting up competition for them, uh, they won't go there. And he's deferred. My great friend, uh, Jeremy Reynolds, had a lot of problems when uh, Mayor Keller decided to go ahead and step in and start competing with them. So we need to help these nonprofit organizations. Uh, to Manny Gonzalez's point, they don't need to be audited. Uh, these are organizations that are willing to take them on. And when people have uh, passion, uh, they can ha actually have purpose in their life, and they need to do that for themselves, and we can certainly aid that, but we can't take on the entirety of that problem. We need to stop bringing them into the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Right, uh, right on time there. Uh, for our next question, I want to first give a quick note of orientation. We will be asking you all about crime as a general topic in a little bit, but right now we'd like to focus on an extremely local criminal justice matter. Uh, because we understand that the city has made a commitment to create a special public safety district in the area around the new homeless facility planned for the Gibson Medical Center property. This would apparently be modeled after the downtown public safety district, which is a group of several officers who work at dedicated feet in the central business area. What is your position on public safety districts generally, and would you support such a district in the 4th Street corridor from roughly Mountain to Manal, where prominent homeless services have been located for years. You have one minute for this question, and we'll begin with Mr. Gonzalez. So that was in reference to the Gateway Center, correct? And, and, and special public safety districts uh, around the Gateway Center and, and potentially forth. 
after uh, after several conversations, I'm fully aware that the tiny village and there's other uh, facilities that aren't being utilized. I, I think we need to be a lot more aware, a lot more uh, responsible when we're making decisions and spending uh, taxpayers' money uh, when there's other facilities that aren't being adequately used. And so I think the strategy moving forward was to make sure that we develop a plan where you get compliance from the people that choose to live out in the streets versus that. So you have to have a very balanced carrot and a stick approach to getting people the services they need in some of those special districts. And then consider maybe repurposing the uh, the gateway center as not such a good idea until we can fill and not waste taxpaying dollars on facilities. And again, screen those people for their needs and not just recklessly spend money. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Okay, a public safety district for Fourth Street, uh, roughly between Mountain and Manal. Mr. Keller, you have one minute. Very well, these uh, public safety districts have been, uh, they were an idea that I had coming in and I think the downtown one has really shown how helpful they are. So I think they're a very good idea. I believe in going back to that kind of beak beat cop model, which is similar to community policing. It's just uh, a notion of dedicated officers that get to know their community. And so uh, that gets to know their community. And so I think this is a very good idea. We should do it as much as we can where uh, resources are available. Uh, I'd like to have them all over the city. I would mention that we have 5,000 homeless people unsheltered on our streets. So there is no you know, one particular thing that is going to help them. That's why we need an all the above approach. And you know, it also mentioned we already pay nonprofits $20 million to take care of homeless folks, and they are totally maxed out, and they are asking for more help every day. And that's why we've got to do this together as a community. All right. Thank you, Mr. Keller. Mr. Aragon, one minute. I, I don't really understand the response there with regard to the public safety uh, measures or the reference to homeless uh, in terms of the nonprofit, I don't know if we're addressing the previous question, but here's what I could tell you is that this approach from Mayor Keller has ceased to work. It has not worked at all. Uh, you've seen a number of my videos that have been on Facebook. We've seen the uh, piling up of the homeless people that has happened downtown. Uh, we're uh, all three of us at this point are almost addressing it as a blight and a level of criminal element. Um, I don't know that anybody can actually uh, establish uh, or any uh, Burqueño here in the city of Albuquerque can say what a uh, public safety uh, zone actually is or what it even means. It has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, the whole idea of the uh, cop on the beat, or as we heard from this morning in Alaska's effort uh, by Mayor Keller to go ahead and put a cop on every corner, is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there's no penalties for the criminals. As we know, it's a judicial system. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, be really nice to the criminals. And I got to tell you, Roach has a uh, Thank you, sir. Um, we've come to question three, and this will be the individual round where we ask each of you a separate question. Um, and this is, this is, you know, if this is a job interview, then this is the time when we uh, ask about your weaknesses, uh, possibly throwing a little chin music in here while we're at it. We will begin with Mr. Aragon. Okay. Uh, nobody would deny your talent as a communicator, but there is much more to city government than making a concise and entertaining point. So far as we can tell, you have never managed a bureaucracy, never held even a minor elected office, 
and never been extensively involved with the kind of neighborhood issues that so often serve as a training ground for our future leaders. Shouldn't this lack of experience disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Well, if you didn't uh, know anything about the ground, you'd know that I was the number one state for transactions in the city of Albuquerque. I mean, city of Northwest Nevada. I was a top performer uh, in terms of NAOP, working with neighborhoods, working with commercial real estate developers, working with tenants, working with private businesses. These are the people that are the feet on the streets. Uh, working our bureaucracy is about leading. Manage what we need to lead. I've heard from so many people in the city of Albuquerque who are completely and totally dispirited with the way that they have uh, been trained. I'm a leader. Uh, I don't manage. I uh, teach. I lead giving people ideas and I help people see a vision. Uh, that's what I've always been given. And uh, I can tell you what I've always done, but I can tell you each and every day I address each of these issues on my radio. And I carefully consider the, the solutions that are brought to me. What's happening right now at City Hall? No one's listening. Uh, what's happening uh, in our police departments? No one's listening. Everyone thinks that they come in with this remedy about how they're going to take everything or a, or a formula. It's not about it. We fail to listen to each other and everybody seems to have the right answer. I never claim I have the right answer, but what I do is I always listen if, uh, to go and make sure that we can execute together. We're all in this together. There's no doubt that my experience, both as a business person in this community, is well established, and I'm willing to go ahead and take the responsibility uh, for the decisions that I make on behalf of the community, which is something that neither of my two opponents have done. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Next, we go to Mr. Keller. Crime is, of course, top of mind in our city. Homicides are at a record high, and just last week, we saw the horrific shooting at Washington Middle School. Meanwhile, our jail is running below capacity. Drug dealers and thieves seem to be operating with impunity, and calling 911 can sometimes result in spending several minutes on hold. For four years, you have had countless millions of dollars and hundreds of law enforcement officers under your command. Yet these problems persist and even grow. Shouldn't this state of affairs disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Thank you, Peter. Well, there's no doubt crime is our biggest challenge. And it is exactly what I said when I was in this forum four years ago. And so I think the measure of my leadership is how I've been able to deal with that. Number one is I've been able to continue my commitment to hire 100 officers each year. And that's really important because when I came in, the department had been decimated. And so when you talk about some of the outcomes that you outline, whether it's response times or whether it's what's happening on our streets, a big section of that is because of our lack of resources. Now, unfortunately, we've had lots of retirements, especially coming out of the pandemic. So we still face that backlog. But I also know that you have to address crime at a root cause. And you can't do that with just a talking point, saying you're going to be tough on crime. We're saying that you want to fix crime. Real leadership means addressing the problem with the respect for how difficult it is. And that means doing things like the Gateway Center to get people behavioral and mental health treatment. It means creating new departments like the Community Safety Department. And it also means continuing our efforts for reform. It is not a choice. And community trust is also what keeps us safer. And we need a mayor who is committed to all of those aspects, not just one thing. And I think that's what my administration has demonstrated. Thank you, Mr. Keller, and finally to Mr. Gonzalez. City government is all about getting the details right, and yet two separate investigations have now concluded that members of your campaign 
including allegedly yourself, submitted fraudulent paperwork as part of an effort to obtain taxpayer-supported campaign financing through the city's clean election system. As sheriff, you swore an oath to, uh, oath to uphold the law. Shouldn't this situation disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Thank you for the question. Absolutely not, because ne neither of those complaints have been substantiated. Uh, there's a rule of law we live by. Uh, we trust the process. We're still going through the process. We're still waiting. But he here's what's going on. With overwhelming support, why would I need to bother to afford signatures and donations? I could easily get 10 times the number of signatures to qualify. Here's why the incumbent is using his privilege and position of power to disenfranchise a minority candidate from running to replace him because of his political agenda. And so for me, I always put people first. I have an impeccable career in the United States Marine Corps. I have an honorable family. I have an oath to the Constitution. I my pledge my loyalty to the people of this this community, and I would never breach that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. We will return to questions that each of you gets to field in turn. As mentioned before, crime is, of course, a big problem in Albuquerque, so big that it basically requires no further explanation. Uh, but we want to know what you're going to do to turn things around if given a chance during the next four years. You have two minutes, and we will start with Mr. Keller. Sure. Well, when it comes to crime, I, I think it's important uh, that we continue the things that I mentioned a moment ago. But, um, you know, I, I think one thing that would help crime is, frankly, if the sheriff would just help us with crime. Uh, the situation is on his watch for the last 12 years, seven years, we've seen the same thing. Crime's just as bad in the county. And so I think we need to work together. And that's why I formed the Metro Crime Initiative. It has every single law enforcement agency in the metro area at its table every two weeks coming up with real answers for violent crime. The only person that doesn't show is our sheriff. And here's what we're talking about. We're talking about fixing and adjusting things like how we deal with diversion, but also how we deal with grand juries and with the CMO order, which we can talk about more if people have questions, but how do we stop that revolving door? How do we fund parole officers, which we desperately need? Because the system needs help, not just APD. And it takes a leader who's willing to take responsibility for our problems, and that's what I do. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to blame anyone else. But I am going to ask for help because there is no way a single person can do this by themselves. And that's why I'm asking the governor and our legislatures our DA and our AG for help, and they are responding. And so I know for low-level offenders, we've got to bolster diversion programs, but for violent offenders, we have to stop the revolving door. And to do that, you have to work with other people. And I also want to mention that we have a, a large technology investment coming online that's very important. I've invested over $38 million in crime fighting in Albuquerque, and all of those programs, including gunshot detection, are coming online this winter. So we are in a much, much better place as a department than we were four years ago. And most importantly, I'm leading our community together to fight crime. And that's what it's going to take to get us out of this very difficult situation. All right. Thank you, Mr. Keller. Mr. Aragon, you are next. You have two minutes. I'm disappointed in the mayor at the very same time that he's saying, uh, you know, we're working together. We're doing what we can. He's uh, bagging on uh, uh, Manny Gonzalez. And there's no way to tell whether or not he is or isn't cooperating. And 
you know what? These guys are playing politics. We need to be focused first on crime. This is everyone's problem, no matter who it is. What I can tell you is I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to play politics. I'm not going to let these guys go ahead and fight it out in terms of uh, who's getting the better thing. I'll reduce every category of crime going forward. Assaults, murders, car theft. I mean, how easy is that to do if you just care enough and communicate to enough people? I'm going to force longer detainment of criminals. Jails are empty. There's no bail bondsmen. I'm going to stop making officers do their job over and over. The same criminals every 48 hours. I talk to the APOA three, four times weekly with, uh, with uh, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm going to force longer detainment of drivers with THC in their system. That's something that we can actually do because it's a Schedule 1 drug. You know, remember, politics transcends culture. People need to understand that. Stage officer pay, remove overtime. That's $20 million right now. These guys need to have balanced lives. There's over 160 uh, uh, officers who are making over $100,000. That's crazy in, in a lot of this uh, chief's overtime. I'll have a no settlement policy. It's something we should have got a long time ago with attorneys. We'll have the city of Albuquerque protect its officers. We'll block qualified immunity from being operational uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. I will make that happen. We need to support our police that's job one. We've got to improve the morale of our Albuquerque Police Department. Instead, what you've seen is the outgoing guy, Chief Geyer, and then the incoming guy, Medina. Nobody cares about that drama. While they're fighting and more politics all under Tim's watch, we're sitting here, you know, dealing with the worst uh, crime crisis. I'm going to increase the average salary of APD officers to number one in New Mexico, currently number six. Uh, Tim didn't do that. And I'm going to make every effort to work around the non-cooperation of ICE detainers. I'm going to work with federal agencies behind the scenes to feed them information to help them crack down on crime and cartel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we conclude this question with Mr. Gonzalez. You have two minutes. Thank you. Crime is the number one problem. It's impacting businesses. It's impacting tourism. It's impacting economic development. We have to wrap our arms around crime and get a handle on it. Nobody has a, a, a more extensive and comprehensive understanding of this. Nobody's more committed and has fought this 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 crime for longer than us and first and foremost nobody's smarter about it nobody's collaborated more and nobody has reached across the aisle more than i have even in the attacks politically that i received even by my own party but this is my point i always put people first not politics and what we're going to do is we're going to fleece out all the unconstitutional uh, policies that are out there to include sanctuary cities. And we already do cooperate with the federal agents, agencies because nobody has collaborated more and has strategized and has a better relationship, which take decades than I have established with our federal partners. And we are taking people off the streets, the most dangerous. And we're taking off literally hundreds of guns and tons of, of drugs and breaking up networks, cartels, these gangs, all these things that we don't bolster about, but we do them on behalf of the city because that's where the problem lies. We've mitigated crime and we have fought crime in the, in the county. We've mitigated to the point where we've been able to jump in and help the city out because people are begging us in the city because the crime's so bad and we've gone to the most marginalized areas, not to the places that would benefit anybody politically, but what was right for the people. And I'll continue to do the same as a mayor. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And now let us turn to other uh, hopefully less grim matters. 
as you all know, the city of Albuquerque provides a wide variety of public services and programs for everything from airports to roads to community centers and even a zoo. Please tell us about three priorities you have for improving city government that have nothing to do with crime or homelessness. You have two minutes and we will begin with Mr. Aragon. How about just removing art for starters? It's a bad idea um, and we've seen that commerce uh, first and foremost, I think we need to go ahead and evaluate what the cost would be rather than uh, be told the propaganda. Uh, that has absolutely been, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Gonzalez talks about the crown jewel. I remember growing up on Knob Hill. I remember going to the pit. I remember going to all these places uh, where we'd go back and forth. The art has absolutely decimated businesses, and I think the costs of that uh, do not outweigh the benefits of uh, raising the, uh, the big flag of Knob Hill and downtown and uh, opening things up. Uh, this newfangled thing that they've uh, tried to establish uh, with the uh, Albuquerque Rabbit Transit and $120 million, um, that, that's uh, first and foremost. We've got to look at that. We've got to get rid of that and open things back up. Second, I mean, and this is a huge one, uh, no more public-private partnerships. You know, that's taxpayer money. There's so many things that we could be using that money for, yet we go ahead and we want to hand it to uh, the owner of a soccer team. Or we want to hand it to Netflix or hand it to those. Uh, no one's done a cost-benefit analysis of what's happening uh, in terms of the economic benefit for the city of Albuquerque. Certainly, we have seen all that uh, everywhere. But a big thing that we could really do is do the third thing, is reuse that for to create better venues. We are a absolute destination. People love the weather, both in the spring and in the fall. And when they come, they want to see great things, not just the balloon fiesta, the music festivals. Um, you know, I'm the rock of talk. You've got the metal mayor. What are the things that we haven't done is really utilize what we have as a city. Our occupancies uh, there at the convention center and the other places, they're lower than 30 percent. That's job one. You've got to make that pitch and bring in more money with more things that people want to see. Remember, we have a lot of rural areas around the uh, around Albuquerque. Why not attract people to the city of Albuquerque uh, throughout the rest of the state by really uh, pushing that for more? live venues, live opportunities here in the, and not spending $70 million. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Aragon. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next. Uh, three priorities for city government that have to do with crime or homelessness. You have two minutes. Absolutely. Good. First and foremost, outside the mayor's office, I would replace a lot of the political appointees that have high salaries with competent professionals that understand the role of government and understand the direction and the positive direction that Albuquerque deserves. I would create asking to provide the services that the people are lacking in any department. So I would increase sales, especially in the business side with inspectors, licensing. And, and then I would also evaluate all the policies that make it so difficult for people to do business, build a house, or develop a a uh, subdivision, I would review all those type of things aside from it, and then actually use the money when we audit certain programs and apply them to beautifying the city. Because the state of the city, from what is in the worst condition it's ever been in the history of Albuquerque, that's gotten worse and and continues to get worse over the last several years. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Keller, to close this question, you have two minutes. All right, well, thank you. And I, I think um, 
I want to honor this question the same way uh, Eddie did with some talk about the future and the vision. Uh, but look, I, I just have to say the city is not in the worst condition it's ever been in. Anyone who grew up here in the 90s knows that. Uh, and also, um, just to defend the professionals of the city, I mean, it's okay if you don't like me, that's fine. But uh, Lawrence Rail, Sarita Nair, we have incredible people running the city. And uh, I hope any mayor candidate would uh, continue that tradition. So here's what I would do. I think we need uh, more things for families and kids, number one. And this is something I wanted to do. The pandemic kind of got in the way. But I want to make sure that literally every single person in Albuquerque knows what they can do after school and on the weekend and during the summer with their kids. Or in some cases, without their kids, because maybe they have to work or do other things. And we do that now for about half the kids in Albuquerque. But I want to do it for every single kid. The second thing I want to do is uh, I do think we need to lean in and finish the gateway. And I will tell you that I'm just telling you, we can't actually fix a lot of these other problems until we commit as a city, regardless of who's mayor, to actually delivering services. And that's just a building to do it in. We've got to do that. The second thing is the stadium is a good debate. You know, my vision of the stadium is another isotope stadium. It will bring people from other areas, as Eddie mentioned. It can be a way to facilitate arts and culture when there isn't a game going on. I view it as a giant outdoor museum and performance space. And I think the city, I know the city, if it happens, will own it. So uh, the team's just going to rent it for their games. And so I do think that will lift us up uh, to a real pride point in Southwest region. All right, thank you, Mr. Keller and Stayon. You're coming up next uh, for the for first for the next question, rather, uh, which is about the pandemic. COVID-19 is, of course, a global problem, uh, and much of the public policy surrounding it is managed out of Washington and Santa Fe. Still, what role, if any, do you think the city has in managing the pandemic? You have one and a half minutes, and Mr. Keller to start. Well, managing the pandemic is a summary of, you know, at least half of everything, if not more, that I've been doing for the last 18 months. And Albuquerque took a very different strategy than many cities, and it was a leadership strategy. It said, number one, we are going to do everything we can to help people during the pandemic. So we fought to bolster the safety net, whether it was issues around eviction, whether it was literally uh, supporting small businesses that would have gone out of business, to rolling out 20 million plus in economic development programs that even included artists and entrepreneurs. It also meant pushing out $300 million in capital investment. That's why you see two new community centers being built on Route 66. That's why you see a giant library on Route 66. It's why you see cranes up for the first time in many years in our city building things, and you see working families being employed. These were all as a result of actions that we were able to take during the pandemic. But also we kept our parks open. We said we have to have places for our families to go. We kept open space open. And we also enforced the public health order, but we did it with compliance. We said, just do the right thing, follow the law, and you'll be fine. Uh, we didn't punish people. We didn't shame people. We said we're all in this together. And that's what we're prepared to do again this fall if we need to. Mr. Mr. Aragon. Uh, as you know, I've been a uh, huge proponent of uh, medical choice and allowing people to make their own decisions based upon what they choose to do. My body, my choice uh, has applied for other things as the abortion uh, capital of the world uh, versus it doesn't apply when it comes to uh, the injecting yourself uh, with a needle. Uh, there's plenty of people who are vaxxed uh, and they have made that decision to go ahead and do it. 
It's not an actual vaccination. So these uh, state health orders that come in, our mayor has not stood up uh, to the governor uh, and neither has our uh, our sheriff. I was thrown out of a a business uh, as they were enfor- enforcing mask orders from the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office. Somebody has to stand up and say enough is enough. We've been, quote unquote, leading the charge, been on the bleeding edge of shutting things down. Our local economy has been decimated. We have the highest unemployment rate in the entire country. Uh, Albuquerque itself is not a place for commerce. Uh, at this point, this is what COVID has had on it. But, you know, there is a, a, a public safety component that uh, does have to go ahead and keep people safe. But it also is uh, people's individual responsibility to go ahead and make that decision on their own. We can provide the opportunity. We can you know, certainly provide the opportunity for these people to get tested and vaxxed and everything else. But again, it's their choice and we can enforce certain things that make sense. But none of what we've done for the last 18 months here in the city of Albuquerque uh, has made sense. We have shut down our city. Uh, there was no need to comply with many of those orders that have come down. They have seen absolutely insane. And, and I, for one, uh, can tell you uh, what announced prevention is much better than what we've been doing with this uh, COVID of cure. Thank you. Um, and to close out the question, Mr. Gonzalez, the city's role in managing the pandemic. Well, I, I work for the people, and this is the government of the people. I never have put a political party or political agendas in front of the people's needs. Those are individual rights by each and every person. And so for us, we support those rights. Uh, it's up to parents to decide whether their, their kids need masks. Obviously, in public places, that's another issue. Uh, we didn't uh, get caught up in administrative orders. What was most pressing for people, and we listened to them, and we followed through, is was crime. And I fought crime, and and our staff fought crime smartly to the point where it got the attention of the Attorney General of the United States and the President. And they, we needed help, and the people needed help. And when they needed help, that's where we delivered it. The pandemic can't have a one-size-fits-all. You need to tailor it for the needs of the people. You can't shut down their businesses. We're... This state is already economically the worst in the country. And why would you infringe on people's rights to open up their private businesses, which were ruled in the Supreme Court, at, to adhere to party politics? You have to put people before politics, and I always will. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Our next question is, if elected, will you retain the chief of police? And if not, who would you appoint? You have one minute. We'll start with Mr. Aragon. Uh, great question. And I want to go back and, and, and say, um, without answering it uh, directly yet, that we have to evaluate. A lot of people would look at a guy like me and say, oh, he's just going to clean house and get rid of everybody. I know lots of people who are for the city of Albuquerque. They're big supporters of me, you know, my radio station, what I talk about. And uh, I would want to talk to each and every person. Uh, police officers. I have a great relationship with the Albuquerque Police Officers Association, you know, the Economic Development Group, the Planning Group. These are all people that I know. And I can tell you very quickly, uh, I'd want to know what their vision. These people have 10, 15, 20, 30 years invested, people who don't want to retire. They care about what they want to do. So I'd love to sit down with uh, Chief Medina. And I'd first want to understand, oh, what has he learned in his long time with the Albuquerque Police Department before just dismissing him outright? We're going to approach everybody as if they care about the city of Albuquerque. We're going to understand their vision. They'll hear my vision. And together, we're going to come up with a solution. 
But as it currently stands, given the drama between Medina and Geyer, I would probably have leave. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next. One minute. Yes. In, in my current understanding of the way they've organized this structure of the mayor's office to the police chief, there's another person in between, which is a CEO of the city. Not only would I replace the chief of police, but also would replace that person that's in charge, because those are the exact issues that over politicize a police department, which is supposed to be the neutral body of the government to provide the services that protect people's most sacred things. Those are three things, their rights, their lives and their property. And there can be no there has to be a direct accountability from the chief to the mayor. And that would be done day one. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Keller, one minute. Sure. Well, um, a couple of things. I think first, um, look, I, I, I really respect and appreciate the concept that these officers have been trying hard to keep our city safe for much of their career. And so I would hope anyone would certainly talk to them and listen to them. And also, you know, there there are laws that govern our city that the mayor can't control. So the CAO is by charter in charge of all the uh, police officers. So you, can, you can't just eliminate that because you want to. And so I think the long story short is if our crew in aggregate, all of the brass and all of the leaders are making progress on crime that's real, are making progress on reform that's real, and they're increasing confidence in the community and in the department, then I will absolutely keep them. All right, thank you, Mr. Um, let's move on to our next question here. Uh, and this is, uh, and as you can probably tell, we're, we're getting from, we're going from the questions that were submitted ahead of time uh, to the questions that were uh, submitted during this forum. So it's a, a bit more on the fly right now. Uh, your position on sanctuary cities, we'll give you one minute for that and start with Mr. Keller. Peter, was that? Yes, that was that was for your, your position on sanctuary cities. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, this is another good example. I, I understand if people have different opinions, that's fine. This is a city ordinance. So once again, a mayor can't just wave a magic wand and change everything. But I support our city ordinance. Uh, we're an immigrant-friendly city. I have supported immigrants regardless of documentation uh, since I was a state senator and since I was a state auditor. I take an oath to uh, protect and help everyone in my community. There is nothing in that oath that speaks to any kind of formal documentation. And that's why I honor that oath. And I think it's very important that we have trust between our uh, police officers and the immigrant community. And you cannot have that if you are using anti-immigrant rhetoric, if you're supporting deportations, and frankly, if you're buying into Donald Trump and Attorney General Barr's agenda. That makes our city even less safe. Thank you, Mr. Conn. Mr. Aragon, Sanctuary Cities. I am absolutely in total disagreement with the city ordinance. I would uh, use the bully pulpit of the mayor's office to put the Albuquerque, uh, uh, the people of Albuquerque first. I'm dead set against sanctuary cities. Uh, I will continue to repeat that. Uh, we don't need to be one. And I can tell you that Mayor Keller did not cash a $10 million check uh, because he was more focused on playing the politics in, in an election year 
you know, speaking out directly to Donald Trump with the ridiculousness of, of making signs that, you know, we, we nothing's good here from Donald Trump. Uh, let me tell you something. As a Hispanic 11th generation and somebody who knows many people who were legal immigrants who've come in, the biggest people who are opposed to illegal immigration and becoming a sanctuary city are legal immigrants. These are people who've worked hard. They've worked through the system. They've paid the price because they love this country. And I can tell you right now, putting the citizens of Albuquerque first ahead of the illegal immigrants who come in, and you know how they pay their way to get here, uh, will be putting... Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Your time is expired. Thank you. Sir. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, to close out the question on sanctuary cities, one minute. And you're, you're muted, sir. I would go through a legal review and and examine to see if that sanctuary city policy is deemed constitutional. If it is not, I would use my executive office and power to remove that through a legal review. And if you want to really look at it from a basic standpoint, a community standpoint and a people standpoint, this is a minority majority state. And that is a very divisive policy because it pits immigrants against minorities. And anything that pits people against each other is bad. And so I would, I would say we already have United States immigration laws. We should adhere to them, especially as elected officials because we took a constitutional oath and I've never breached that. So I would make sure that those policies are deemed constitutional. And then if not, we don't enforce them. And or we don't honor them because they would be deemed null void. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And our, our lightning round continues. Uh, if voters approve, one of you will begin your term later this year with a standing order to construct a new soccer stadium and at least $50 million with which to do it. Where should such a stadium be constructed and why? You have one minute. Mr. Aragon goes first. It shouldn't. We have uh, other priorities. Uh, there isn't a bond that we don't like here in the city of Albuquerque. Uh, I'm willing to challenge, and I'm glad that it's on the ballot and it made the ballot uh, two nights ago on city council. You will find that the voters are going to be dead set against it, especially in this COVID crisis. There wasn't one game, not one game that was played in front of a crowd in all of 2020. I understand the need for a different venue at a different time. This is not the time to go ahead and construct a new stadium. Uh, if the uh, we get there, and I don't think that we will, uh, and we're thinking about a place to put a, a brand new stadium, as uh, being a former resident of downtown, we'll evaluate that. But as a commercial real estate guy, we'll look at traffic counts, we'll look at everything else. If that's something that they wanted, I can tell you there's nobody better to have a better understanding of what's happening in terms of the attraction. I worked at the First Baptist Church, the Metro Center. I was a commercial real estate broker. I'm going to tell you where the best place to put it. But I can tell you the voters... Come November, I'm going to turn out in mass to turn down the new soccer stadium at a cost of $50 million to the taxpayers. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Mr. Gonzalez, one minute. Can you repeat? Uh, yes. Uh, what, where would you uh, construct a new soccer stadium uh, and why in that place? And you're, you're muted right now. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Mr. Rice. 
So are you asking me if it's approved or or if it's or or my position on it? I'm confused. Uh, if 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 voters approve, you will begin your term uh, with more or less a standing order okay. in the soccer stadium. So I'm wondering. Okay, so where and why. Okay, Mr. Rice. So if it's approved, I would through into research of where it's we're going to get the most economic bang for our buck and identify that location for commerce and ensure that it's in the best interest of of everybody that's in the metro area and i would take that approach so i have people and identify that uh area the economic developers of this community to identify that that place in albuquerque thank you thank you mr gonzalez mr you have one minute Sure. Well, you know, number one is I want to make sure it's a multi-use stadium. I want to make sure that uh, the city owns it just like we do isotopes. Uh, and, you know, I want to make sure that we've got partners putting in real funding just like we did for the isotope stadium. And we did fund a giant study that said it should go uh, downtown. And it doesn't mean that's right. I'm actually open to putting it anywhere. But how to understand a little bit of logic about cities and, you know, most uh, great cities, big and small, even minor league and AAA teams, uh, they have successful stadiums downtown. But I think Eddie raises a good point. This is a real estate transaction. And so if we can't find the available property and people won't sell us that land and get a look elsewhere. Also, I want to make sure the neighborhoods uh, are okay with it and that it lifts up neighborhoods. And so uh, I'm going to be very sensitive uh, to that aspect as well. Hi, thank you, Mr. Keller. Um, Next question. The Albuquerque Police Department is in the middle of a court-approved settlement agreement. This topic is of particular importance to the uh, person who submitted this question. Being an impacted individual that has lost a loved one in the middle of a mental health crisis who was shot by the responding department. What are your plans to see APD through the CASA process? Uh, you have one minute and we'll begin with Mr. Gonzalez. So I would work with the leadership of the Albuquerque Police Department and work with the with the monitor and, and and get compliance. So there's been so many setbacks and so many excuses made is figure out if the monitor is actually compliant through a legal review and then set the goalposts because oftentimes we're saying they're being moved. But more importantly is change the leadership, which has been very distracting for the the direction of the police department and the services of the people and hold people accountable there and, and make sure that the the chief of police that we select is competent enough to to support and select the staff and surround themselves with the legal staff and the administrative police staff he needs to get that job done and without any com compromises to public safety thank you Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Keller, one minute. <clears throat> well, I, I just have to, I, I can't not uh, express that our chief is competent, and so was the chief before him. And I, I just wouldn't say that about anyone in law enforcement. You may not agree with them, but they're competent. And uh, I know clearly the sheriff said he's the smartest person on law enforcement, so um, I just disagree. And so, look, here's the deal with reform. Number one is we created the superintendent position to drive that reform and make sure that we had a chief who could focus on crime. I think it's really important to keep that structure. It's innovative and both the officers like it, the reform folks like it. This is the kind of innovation that we need to keep going forward with. 
And also, none of this is easy. I mean, I would just tell you, you know, I'm the second mayor of this, whoever it is next time, we'll be the third mayor, to just say that you can wash this away by saying things. It's <clears throat> a disjustice to the family you mentioned. If this was that easy, we wouldn't have those problems. And so to honor the memory of those who have been victims. You Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Your time has expired. Uh, Mr. Aragon, to close out this question, you have one minute. Thank you. Um, well, uh, Manny does have another year on his term, and he certainly has talked about uh, converging APD with uh, BCSO to alleviate, you know, using cameras, non-compliance, or what have you. Uh, we have seen the hem and hawing that's coming from a lot of people complaining about the DOJ. Look, we've got to accelerate our compliance as quickly as possible. If we're going to complain about it, let's just shut up about it, get fully compliant. But the ACLU sent me a question about this entire thing and said, would you continue to do everything uh, that is in place that has been set by the uh, DOJ? And the fact is, no, we're going to run our own police department. So we're going to accelerate, get everything above board. I think we have another five years, maybe four years left on this thing. We need to be fully compliant. That way we can push the DOJ out of here. We could run our own uh, city of Albuquerque police department because it's not being run right. And it really puts an undue stress, handcuffs our officers handcuffs uh, our ability to have law, law enforcement uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. And look what's happened. Our police officers have been afraid. Sure, to any time is expiring. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Uh, and we've, uh, I'm afraid we are just about uh, out of time here this evening. But by way of closing out, we wanted to give each of you a chance to give a, a brief closing statement. Uh, it'll be one minute long. And Mr. Keller will go first. Well, uh, great to have a discussion, and I know this is just the beginning. And, you know, I think, look, there's one stark thing that I think it's important people highlight. It's very easy to just say things. It's a different thing to actually understand what a mayor can do. A judge is in charge of our DOJ and our police reform process. A mayor can fix that, and it's for good reason. And you got to honor that to get things done. I also think just saying we should do things like, cut overtime, that would descend our city into chaos. We need overtime right now to adequately police our city. And I also want to think about this notion that, you know, the city is somehow different than the county. The county's crime rate is on the front page of the journal. It's just as bad as the city. So look, I think we need a mayor who's going to keep us moving forward. And he knows the difference between a talking point and actually crafting policy and moving our city forward. And I want to keep rolling out the thousands of new jobs that we lined up during the recovery. I want to step up big for the unhoused by finishing the Gateway Center. And I want to make sure to move forward. Mr. Gonzalez, your closing statement, one minute. Yes, Mr. Rice. In closing, I want everybody to take the opportunity for, uh, for this opportunity to join our campaign so everybody can thrive. If people don't want the same results they are getting from this incumbent, they should vote for me, Manny Gonzalez. My track record speaks for itself. Look at what I've done as a sheriff. I've done a lot more with less, less money, less resources. We can do great things with $250 million budgets with the Albuquerque Police Department. I'm asking for the citizens and their support and their vote to restore Albuquerque as a crown jewel of the Southwest. And I appreciate everybody having me on today. I'd like to thank the candidates. Have a good evening. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Aragon, to close us out here, one minute. The track record of our leadership, both in uh, in Bernalillo County as well as the city of Albuquerque, is abysmal. That's why I stepped up. I'm uh, here sharing my vision. I want to lead this city. 
out of the doldrums and we want to go from failure to first. Uh, this isn't about politics. Uh, I love the city. I uh, grew up in Martinez town. I have two children here and I want them to be here. I got to tell you, uh, we all love the city, but I know this city better than my opponents. And let me tell you, I'm going to fight for the 505. That's why I want you to go to fight4505.com. It's not about me. It's not about race. It's not about anything other than the five C's that we're going to focus on, which, of course, is our city first. No one's going to run our city better. We're going to get rid of uh, how we handle COVID here in the city of Albuquerque. We're going to restore commerce. I will tackle crime each and every single day. We do it every day here. And uh, more than anybody, I'm the guy who can battle corruption. So join our campaign. Have a lot of fun. Let's take the city back. Fightfor505.com. Thank you for your time and your invitation. Thank you, Mr. Aragon.